This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The number for you, 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We have an announcement to, to make tonight that I'm pretty excited about, but I can't do it quite yet. I've got to wait for just a little bit. I okay. hope we'll uh, we'll let you know more as uh, as time goes on. But it is a new year. Uh, we actually it's not our first show in the new year. We had our our live Saturday show that we did this past weekend, and so it's actually our second show for this uh, brand new decade. And uh, welcome to it. We are of course here to take your calls about anything. That's the point of the show. If you've never heard Free Talk Live before, and joining you in the studio tonight. It's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And don't forget, you can join us on our website. Again, freetalklive.com. We give away all the features there completely free. Also, within our own uh, talk radio business, we're going to get into the issues here in a moment, but within our own talk radio business, there's changes afoot. Uh, In fact, today was the last, or last, I guess Friday, was the last day of Dr. Laura, who was, you know, for the longest time, one of the, the biggest names in talk radio. Sounds right, yeah. She was one of the most listened to talk shows. At one point, she was the third most listened talk show. Uh, This was, uh, you know, before Savage and uh, Beck. I thought she had... I thought she was the third most listened to recently. Is that not She the case? might have been tied with Savage and Beck uh, relatively recently, now that you mention it. I thought she was more like number one or two for a while, like tied with, or close to Rush. She, yes. Like 15 years ago, absolutely. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, probably prior to Hannity. So anyway, so that's happening, and uh, so some radio stations out there may be more, more inclined to, uh, to tune into Free Talk Live. And then there, you mentioned Michael Savage, who's our prime competitor. We are the, uh, the anti-Savage, if you will. <laughs> Uh, that uh, that guy's about to ex- uh, I guess he's about to implode. Uh, what, because, what does that mean? Well, he has uh, he has sued his syndicator, and so the ultimate question this week is whether the guy's even going to show up to work after this being the first day he's supposed to be back on the air after mm-hmm. the Christmas holiday. And if the, the door is going to be open and unlocked for him when if he does. Well, I mean, the syndicator wants wants him on the air. He's he's their hot property. He's their number one show, uh, but he doesn't want to be on the air with them. So the question is, is he going to show up to work? And if he doesn't show up to work, what are his 400-plus radio stations going to think about that? And then are they going to look to Free Talk Live as their solution? So this might be a good week for those of you on our Internet feed, uh, those of you listening to the podcast at freetalklive.com, to pick up your phones and uh, contact your local talk radio stations if you aren't hearing Free Talk Live. Or maybe you are a listener to a talk station that only carries our Saturday show. It might be a good time to ask them uh, to take the weekday program in the event that uh, Michael Savage is possibly going to destroy destroy his own career uh so we'll keep that in mind here as time goes on 800-259-9231 but there's news actually coming out of the huffington post that we i guess fortunately haven't had the uh, ability to really talk about in recent years it's probably been i don't know two years at least since this issue has come up on free talk live and it's not because it hasn't been going on it's simply because it hasn't been covered and i'm talking about eminent domain yeah yeah it's been a long time it's been a while since we've talked about it but that doesn't mean that it's not happening all over the place sure in fact eminent domain i would imagine is not generally covered by news agencies unless they can uh, you know pull a heart-wrenching story out of it it's not to say there isn't there aren't frequently those stories out there to be told uh, but a lot of the times the people who are being threatened with eminent domain will just go ahead and cave in they'll just go ahead and fold they will sell their properties 
Um, and of course, for those that don't know, Mark, what, what do you? How do you describe eminent domain? Um, eminent domain is the lawful taking of property by the, um, you know, by a government, whether it's a state, local, or federal. Um, I, I think the federal government is no; they're allowed to do eminent domain as long as it's for the public. Use the public good, right? Well, the, the, uh, it, there's a difference between public good and public use, and the Constitution says public use. Yeah, but the Supreme Court says has pub- different. Right? Well, the Supreme right. Court says that uh, I guess local municipalities can take it for the public good, mm-hmm. and Which that was the. Mean- the uh, the the result of the Kilo case uh, just recently, right? Kilo um, versus New 2005, London, two thousand five, two thousand six. It was a few years back, and that's really when we were la- the last time we were seriously focusing on eminent domain was when we were talking to some of the Kilo Seven because there were seven homeowners involved in New London, Connecticut, uh, that were having their homes threatened by the city. And and by the way, we, actually we've we've done some follow ups on New London since then, and essentially the government's little plan that they had conceived about. Yeah. Essentially taking all these people's homes from them and turning the area into this business park uh, with offices for Pfizer and you know these other big corporations and supposedly building condos and for the public good. Well, the the idea, uh, Michelle, for the public good was <laughs> that the public is the government. So it's, public is a code word that the government uses to mean them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the public good it, to them means more tax dollars. Mm-hmm. So their their idea was well we're not getting uh, you know. Know, as much tax dollars out of out of these existing old decrepit properties that have been in a generation families' uh, hands for generations, we're not getting as much out of these properties as we could from, say, a condo building or or a or multi complex or a mall or something like that. And so that was their perspective: is that well, it would be good for the public in that it would be good for the government if uh, we took these things. And the Supreme Court backed them up, and they said, "Yeah, you can steal those people's homes from them." And since then, nothing has been done. I mean, very little has been done. The, the The goals of the original program were not met, and the it has not been improved in the way that the government had hoped uh, to improve the area. I don't have all the details on it in front of me, but I recall we were talking about it not too long ago, maybe about a year year back, just kind of giving a quick update on what has happened uh, in, in New London, Connecticut. It's been a dismal failure, and, and that's to be expected because the government sucks at <laughs> – at planning things, yeah, it's it's it, it it's terrible. All they did was um you know wag some uh, the Pfizer w- wagged some you know higher taxes in front of the government, and they went right for it. And um, you know in the process they revenue kicked, yeah right. <laughs> they 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 kicked a bunch of people out of their homes. One lady who had uh, apparently her grandmother had owned the home. She had lived in that home for almost a hundred years, and uh, so they're they're kicking grandma out on the street in order to uh, to get these higher tax revenue. News and it's it, it's disgusting. Yeah, exactly. And then so. it didn't turn into anything. It turns out Pfizer, you know, they, they didn't have to work for that property. It's it, you know, um, they didn't have to to do the work. They gave these people pennies on the dollar for what their houses were. And they, okay. By the way, here's the details of what I was referring to uh, from Wikipedia. The promised economic benefits failed to materialize. In September of 2009, the land where Suzette Kilo's home had once stood was an empty lot as the promised 3,169 new jobs and $1.2 million a year in tax revenues had not materialized. The land was never deeded back to the original homeowners, most of whom have left New London for nearby communities, as I would too. Can't blame him for that. In addition, in September of 2009, Pfizer, whose upscale employees were supposed to be the clientele of the Fort Trumbull redevelopment project, complete with it or completed its merger with Wyeth, resulting in a consolidation of research facilities of the two companies. Both companies had a major presence in southeastern Connecticut for many years, meaning 
that only one facility would likely survive the merger. Mm. Ultimately, Pfizer chose to retain the Groton campus on the east side of the Thames River, inherited from Wyeth, closing its new London facility in late 2010. Coinciding with the expiration of tax breaks on the new London site that would have increased Pfizer's property tax bill by almost 400%. Now that's an update I hadn't even heard yet. We missed that one, Mark. Late 2010, Pfizer says, see ya to New London, shuts down the entire operation right before they were scheduled to start paying property taxes to a significant extent. Because frequently cities will yeah, do this. Bonus. Frequently city governments will do this to try to entice businesses uh, to come to their area rather than removing property tax entirely and having a free market and, and like bringing all kinds of business in. They'll promise select corporations like Walmart or Pfizer, these big companies, these tax breaks for X amount of years. Oh, come to our city. We'll give you a break for this amount of time. But after this point, we're going to raise your taxes to wherever. And so Pfizer took off before that date. Right. And you, you know, you'll notice it's not the uh, property owners that get these kind of breaks, the, the people that have uh, had the their property in this area for hundreds of you know yeah, for a hundred years uh you know paying these things off that the state doesn't care anything about them nope so that's what happened in new london that's one example of how these government eminent domain projects can go and it is just stealing so there's more news about eminent domain and it's fresh so we're going to bring that to you here in moments 800-259-9231 but the past is very instructive to look at to see hmm that's what this is really all so about. That's what happened. More coming up. You take control and bring up anything you want as well. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You'll get archives there, so maybe you've missed a show. Or maybe you've missed a month's worth of shows. Man, we've got them all. All the way back to as late as 2006, go to freetalklive.com. You'll see the last week's worth at the top of the page. Click into the archive section, and at that point, you'll be able to download a whole bunch. I mean, they go way, way back. So go to freetalklive.com, and remember, the archives are brought to you free, courtesy of HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. Use that portal that we've created for you, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com, and you'll get your first month completely free. HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. Things just don't go well when the government is put in charge of taking care of property. 
of managing property, of uh, taking property from people and giving it to others or whatever. We, they didn't pay for it. Right. And, uh, and they, right. So they don't have the incentives to ensure that it is uh, cared for in the right way. We pointed out the Kelo versus the New London decision, which basically backed up the government's ability to take property from people via eminent domain, which is their legalized taking uh, that uh, they've had for a long time and since the Constitution. Uh, that uh, they backed it up for the purposes of the public good, meaning that if the go- the government will get more tax dollars from whatever's been proposed for the property, uh, <laughs> that it's okay for them to take it. I mean, it was just an absolutely outrageous decision. In fact, Mark, that decision really was a, a tremendous turning point in your life, wasn't it, as far as your, your view on government and where yeah, you're coming from on you that? You know, I guess uh, at that point I thought that things were salvageable. Um, With the federal government? Yeah, the, from the federal government standpoint, the idea of the, the, the courts and things like that. I mean, now, you know, once you can see, to, to me, it was clear and obvious that um, eminent domain, you know, it says in the, the Bill of Rights, I, ha- I didn't look it up here, but that a, eminent domain is, a, uh, is to be used for the public use, not the public good. So um, I couldn't... You you know, the I couldn't see how a court could decide that uh, giving you know the, the government of New London, Connecticut, taking property away from homeowners and then giving it to a company like Pfizer could call that public use. Mm-hmm. I can see how they would call it public good, but that's not what the Constitution says. So the the guys in robes, your uh, interpretation doesn't matter. Right. The, the people in robes there um, in the Supreme Court decided that, you know, my interpretation, the interpretation that would, uh, you know, would seem like a plain reading of, uh, of English was wrong. Well, I mean, and as at is that typical, point, I'm done. Yeah, as is typical, they decided in favor of the government's power, not the individual's ability to keep the property that they've owned for. It doesn't matter to me if it's generations, as it was in the case of Kilo right. or and two what, years. What's it say about a society? Where does a society go once private property is no longer respected. Well, we already know it's never really been respected. I mean, property taxes are evidence of that. For instance, you try not paying property taxes and watch what happens to what you thought was your property. I mean, really, the idea that there, the idea that there is any private property in the first place is pretty much an illusion. That the, there is now no longer private property in the United States. Was since, there ever? Since Hillary Clinton offered Beijing a tender to... Um, uh, exercise an option uh, to an option to exercise eminent domain as collateral for China's continued purchase of uh, U.S. Treasury notes. So you think there was private property before that? Well, I suppose that there was the hope that that you could own your property. Um, now, I suppose you're going to say property taxes, and and if you yeah. are having to pay property taxes, then you can't. You're just fact, a glorified renter. Yes. In that case. And so we've just, the ante has just been upped, though, by the idea that all private property has been tendered to a foreign government. Right. They, I, I would agree you agree with you that it is shocking that the, uh, that, that, that you know that the United States government would give this uh, this power over to another government, but the fact is they have the power. No, no, no not one government to another government. The it's it's the government supposedly doesn't own our property. There were still the guys that there was private property. No, now I, there I, isn't even. Now they're not even pretending. Well, the, the, <laughs> um, I don't. 
the government has always owned your property if it can if it can take it away. Um, I mean that ownership is uh, characterized it's by control. control. Yes. But the idea that the government and and people understand that they they believe that the government is there to you know uh, yes of course we give a certain amount of power over to the government in order to keep us safe and whatever it is that they um, they believe the government does. But you know in this case giving it away is certainly upping the ante. It's I mean mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a frightening step forward for uh, for those in in the government. But it just goes to show that they. They've got the power in the first place. So if they have the power to take your property away, then they have the power to give that power to somebody else. So all of that in mind, HuffingtonPost.com is reporting on Nancy Lopez. He's 57 years old and has lived in the Gardens neighborhood of Mount Holly, New Jersey, for more than two decades. A single mom, she raises her five children there while often working two jobs. For nine years, she was a preschool teacher and could walk to her job from her house. On Wednesday of this past week, just three days before Christmas, she received an unwelcome appraisal from the township of Mount Holly for her home. She has until January 15th of 2011 to accept the amount the uh, township has offered her. Or it will condemn her house through eminent domain, kick her out of the gardens, bulldoze her house, and give her land to a private developer. Nancy's tight-knit community of row homes has crumbled around her at the hands of the township. Since 2000, officials have been buying up and knocking down the homes under the threat of eminent domain in a stark replication of 1950s-era urban renewal. There used to be more than 300 row homes in the gardens. Now, less than 100 remain. To intimidate homeowners into selling over the years, and especially around the holidays, the township has strategically parked bulldozers around the community, making it more of a demolition zone than a neighborhood. Nice. And this is a tactic that the uh, city of New London was using, a similar tactic to basically try to uh, scare the people out of their houses, give them a reason to for most of them to leave. And many of Nancy's neighbors are quite elderly. Most are African-American or Hispanic and are typically first-time homebuyers. Many have lived here since the 1970s and become best friends. They take care of each other, especially the widows. The gardens provide an opportunity for each of these families to put their roots into the ground, to buy an affordable piece of the American dream, a home to call their very own. They are proud of their homes. But Mount Holly's government officials could not care less. They want to take the land and give it to Keating Urban Partners, a developer from Philly that wants to build a fancy new development with expensive townhomes. So the township is using the force of government, eminent domain, which is supposed to be for genuinely public uses like roads and schools, to kick those people out of the homes they've worked and saved for their entire lives. Widows in their 80s and 90s who haven't had a mortgage payment in decades will be forced from their comfortable, well-decorated row homes into tiny apartment rentals, likely outside of Mount Holly, and most certainly far away from the next-door neighbors that have helped take care of them on a daily basis for years. The township won't even offer replacement housing in the new development to residents of the current community. Well, they're, they're not the kind of people they wish to attract. It couldn't be clearer as to why Mount Holly officials don't want Nancy and her neighbors in the gardens anymore. They don't make enough money, so they're no longer welcome. The current owners need to go somewhere else so wealthier people can move into the new, improved gardens. And that's not the end of the outrage. We'll uh, tell you more here in a moment at 800-259-9231. Gee, those uh, 80 and 90-year-old folks paid into government all their entire lives thinking they were going to protect them. Huh, we're coming up. 
Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, including our wiki, over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you. W-I-K-I wiki freetalklive.com get you there go over there and edit virtually anything you want totasac it's the one trip wonder for hauling goods from your vehicle to your home it's uh it is it's a it's it's a gro- retail grocery bag carrier made of 100% recycled materials right here in the United States and it doubles as a self defense tool it does it does that <laughs> <laughs> if you smack somebody with this thing, it, uh, it's going to hurt. Yeah, yeah. It's probably going to knock some teeth out. Uh, do, do you check it out at totasac.us, T-O-T-A-S-A-K.us. Um, and, you know, I'll, once you have this this device, you'll be surprised. Man, I my life is significantly easier. Um, I love at least In the area of uh, shopping for groceries and, and carrying, you know, grocery bags of all sorts, even the uh, even the ones that the, the 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 canvas ones that you take there in order mm-hmm. so that you don't take the plastic ones from the store. Plus, you know, that there's always that secondary uh, uh, you know, personal defense aspect. And you could exercise with them because it, you could they'd be like barbells, dumbbells or whatever. And you could sit there and lift Those little your like bags. one pound girl yeah. dumbbells. Well, no, come no, pink. no. If you had the if bags, the bags, if the bags were on oh, them, you could yeah. sit there and do that. It's probably not the most efficient, <laughs> uh, best way to exercise, but good thinking. Um, by the way, we're going to give you a two pack of the Toto Sack coming up later on tonight. Right, Mark? Uh, indeed, if you, right. wish, so if that's, you wish to do so. That's on the way here tonight, so uh, stay tuned for your chance to win that. We're talking about eminent domain and yet another heart-wrenching example of these government people just stealing people's lives away from them. The, the, the homes that they – I mean, your home is your – it's an extension of your life. It's something that, uh, that you pour your time and effort into to some extent. You've certainly poured your money into it, which is your time – you know, a translation of your time and effort – in many cases, people have, have lived in the same homes for decades, if not generations. And then the government just comes in there like they're doing in one of the uh, townships in uh, in New Jersey, Mount Holly, New Jersey. They just come on in there and they say, all right, get out of here. We're bringing in the corporations. We're bringing in the, uh, the big, uh, fancy apartment complexes. We're going to get more money out of this property for tax dollars than we're getting from your house. So see ya. And they're kicking old ladies eighty in their 80s and 90 years old range out into the streets. Uh, just It's just so sad. And we're going to give you more details on what the, what's going on there. But first, we're going to go to the phones and to the fun where Lindsay is on the line listening to our newest affiliate, which is actually in kind of a way our oldest affiliate, uh, WSRQ in Sarasota, Florida, which is our hometown, which is our big announcement for tonight, by the way. Uh, Lindsay, you're on Free Talk Live. A couple of questions about eminent domain. My understanding was that it was specifically for um, high, for schools and for highways. Um, how is it that 
these companies can come in and build condominium complexes, which clearly is not in support of any type of, you know, municipality or any type of government-related um, building. How can they come in and take a residence over under that guise? Is that- well, the company can't, uh, Lindsay. Uh, the government can. The government comes in and decides um, that they're going to, uh, you know, give it over to some organization that they think is, uh, you know, is, is going to pay them more money. Well, so in many cases... Under what, under what basis? Though? Because it's, I mean, a condominium complex is clearly not... That's not, you know, an advocacy for any type of school building. It's not a, you know, I, I don't understand. Lindsay, I understand your confusion, and it's easy to, to understand. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, we were all raised with this idea. If we learned about eminent domain, this is what we were told. Well, it's only for roads or schools or something like that. Uh, but there was a very important Supreme Court decision that came down a few years ago called... 2005, maybe? The Kelo versus New London decision, and that is basically where the federal government went ahead and okayed eminent domain for pretty much any private purpose that the the government wants to and typically oh yeah so basically uh, as long as the government is is in bed with the, their buddies in the corporate it's world your home that's unbelievable no, yeah. is there anything that we can do i mean i know con- contacting your congressman is there any control with con- advocacy with our congressman what can we as citizens do because this i mean this makes me what I, it's heart-wrenching to me to think yeah. about I, mean, I think about my own grandmother who's been in her home for years where I played as a child, and to think about her being taken away, or, or that being taken away, it makes me sick to my stomach that our country is reverting to this. All well, actually, excuse me, not not just reverting, we've, it's, it's been going on for quite a while. I mean, think back to Abraham Lincoln and the Transcontinental Continental Railroad. Those properties were um, taken over under the guise of the common good, and then, you know, as... Um, what we would know now as gas stations and shops and things like that came up along the way and, and at towns were developed and more eminent domain kind of grew up from there. And the thing is, is people wanted convenience. So there would be groups of people that would vote on allowing for the eminent domain and voting in the transcontinental railroad and et cetera. And so, you know, those there's an aspect of democracy in that for me to think about, somebody living in an established community for years and to have the government come in, especially with the effect of, of building a condominium complex. You said that a, you don't mind because it's democratically no, it's an area of democracy. If, if a group of people voted and I'm talking, we're talking back, you know, during, during the, when the railroads were first established, if a community voted to have the railroad come through for their own convenience, at least there's some aspect of democracy in that. That's not really, I, you know, I, 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 so I, um, you know, democracy, as uh, according to Benjamin Franklin, is uh, two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. And there's really no difference to me in people democratically electing a, repre- a group of representatives that choose to take away your grandmother's home than there is the people choosing to, to take away your grandmother's home. It's tragic either way. I think we can all agree that this is unacceptable. Yep. And I, I, I would be willing no to bet that if we took a vote, if, you know, if we really voted with the people of the United States the way we should be, I'd be willing to bet that we, there, the, the, the democracy would fall on the side of the people. And Maybe you're I right on this have, in this particular case. You, you may be correct okay. about that. But either way, democracy, I, I, I agree with Mark on this one. Democracy is, is little solace in these particular areas. It wouldn't no, make me feel what? any better if, if the majority of people in an area said that it, it was okay to take my house from me. That, that wouldn't you give me any... Me, what can we 
what can we tell us? Tell us, uh, the listeners, what can we do? What can <laughs> this we is do? a big question, and it's an important question. I'm Several states have taken steps um, in order to prevent this. I can't tell you whether Florida was one of the ones that passed it I'm or not. I'm going to interrupt and say thank you very much, and I'm going to listen as, as Thanks, you Lindsay. continue. Thanks, Lindy, Lindsay. Glad you're out there. Appreciate it. Um, so several states did vote um, in order to – New Hampshire was one that said that this cannot be done. Is that right? Um, and uh, several states voted to not do this. Uh, I don't know whether Florida was one or not. Um, I think that this is something that has to be taken up on a state-by-state basis because uh, I don't Essentially think, nullifying the federal government's decision, right? I don't think you're going to be able to vote reps in based on this single issue on a national level. Um, I, you know, I, Unfortunately, the, it's just you know, the, there's not enough momentum behind this in the United States. Um, but honestly, I, I, you know, I mean, <laughs> this was one of the things that just made me decide that we need more liberty, more freedom in the United States, and that the best way to go about doing that was to pick up and move my life to New Hampshire for the Free State Project. Because we're from Sarasota, Florida, right. actually, I mean, is it should be pointed out. So as individuals, I think that some of the things that I've heard that have been effective is, you know, protesting and um you know, showing up with a group of like-minded individuals on the property and getting publicity for that and coverage for that, because a lot of people are so busy doing their day-to-day life that they're kind of they don't in know this, that, or or like Lindsay initially said, and I think that she probably is thinking about it right now, going, "Wait, no, that's not right." Is oh, it's not me, and it's for the good, and it's them over there, kind for of people thing. that aren't really paying close and attention, we're voting for it, so it's yeah. okay, right? And um, so I think as individuals, you can be informed and you can show up for these kinds of so draw um, attention things. to the issue. Absolutely. That's important. In fact, our friend Lauren Canario, friend of the show, had her on a number of times. Was she kind of made her activist name for herself before? she moved to New Hampshire for the Free State Project by moving to New London, Connecticut, where they were trying to steal those people's homes. And she was arrested at least a couple of times. Also, vote with your dollars. There's a bank, BB&T, it's in Sarasota, it's mostly in the southeast, that you can use that has sent out a public memo saying that they will not participate in this kind of activity. Good job. All right, we'll come back maybe with some more suggestions to that end and also your calls at 800-259-9231. Free time. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. You'll find the features there completely free, so enjoy all those features uh, over at freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show... One of the ways you can do that is by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. For as little as 3 bucks a month, we'll take that money and reinvest it into the program, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more internet listeners on board with the show, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only podcast, which is uh, free of the normal podcast commercials you might hear in our regular podcast, as well as the AMP-only forum and more. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. You can use any major credit card, PayPal, and some alternative options. That's, again, amp.freetalklive.com. 
And uh, that kind of gives me an excuse to talk briefly about the special announcement we get to make tonight, and that is that we're welcoming our brand newest affiliate, weekday affiliate, and Saturday. They're going to take all six nights a week in our hometown of Sarasota, Florida, which is, yeah, it is so cool because uh, we started Free Talk Live in 2002, November of 2002, on an FM talk station, which is no longer in existence uh, down in Sarasota. It turned into a rock station down the line. Uh, but that's where we got our start. And so Sarasota is not only where we were born, but it's where Free Talk Live was uh, was born as well, I guess you could say. And Mark, you and I were on the show from the very first night. So yeah, I used to be the general manager of uh, 1220, and what it was called at the time was WIBQ. It's now WSRQ. That's right. And it has an FM repeater. On, it does now, yeah. 106.9, 106.9 actually, 9. up there. So, so we're on FM now, again, in Sarasota yep. and AM, which is great. Uh, it's it's the biggest coverage, I think, that uh, we've had in Sarasota ever. It's just fantastic to be bo- on both uh, bands out there. And uh, it's, you know, it's a real hometown radio station. It's locally owned. It's locally operated. Um, and the, the same folks have been running that station now since we've been li- since we were living in Sarasota for so about five years ago. Yep. I think that's quite something. I and mean, it's hard to be um, popular in your own town. Well, I don't know if we're popular in our. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but we did have listeners, and uh, and you know we were we were actually Infamous. pulling some ratings, yeah, down there. And so, welcome back to any of our former audience that has heard us before. And if you've never heard the show before, as uh, I don't think Lindsay had ever heard the show before, we just talked to her a few moments ago. Uh, if you've never and thanks, heard, the sh- by the way, to Don and Lisa Murphy, yeah, the, the owners of the station. If, if if you've never heard the show before, then you are in for something quite different uh, from what. You're used to from talk radio. This show isn't like those other talk shows. We're not conserva clones. We are not liberal Democrats. We're not conservative Republicans. We're liberty minded people. And that doesn't mean we're libertarians either. Like I would have been I would have called myself a libertarian five years ago when we were on in Sarasota and only on in Sarasota. But since then, I've kind of gone in a a more, um, I don't know, radical direction toward uh, voluntarism. And we can talk about that later. But I just wanted to welcome everybody who's brand new uh, listening to WSRQ. And by the way, I'm breaking a rule in order to do this, because normally normally we don't officially announce new radio stations until we've got like a signed agreement and the the deal has been has been finalized. they're obligated now <laughs> um, but uh in this case it's a little different the, the basically all the negotiations happened over the holidays and so the agreement's still kind of gummed up in the work somewhere but you know, we know these folks so we're going to go ahead and say that the, it's it's official we are back on in our hometown and it's only it only took what eight years to get back something like that or no i guess five about five years to get to get back Anyway, it's good to be back. 800-259-9231. Before we continue talking about eminent domain, Mark, you had a comment on Lindsay? Yeah, like I was, um, you know, what I was hearing from Lindsay was kind of the, you know, the, the liberal progressive line of, you know, these these corporations, they're taking the property from people and, and that kind of thing. And, and she's right. Um, but I think that there's some logical fallacies, some traps that uh, both sides of the aisle tend to fall into. And one of the ones is that um, that corporations and uh, you know businesses are bad and that they're doing things to harm us and the fact is that power and money have never been separated throughout human history and it's the liberal conundrum to believe that somehow that's going to happen 
that you're going to take, um, you know, you're going to take the money out of power and the power out of money. Hmm. The fact is, the government has the power. Only the government can take away your house through eminent domain. There's no corporation that can do that. They can pay off their cronies in the government, but then you have to ask yourself if the government is corruptible in that fashion. What the heck are you doing supporting it in the first place? Amen. You know, um, she was uh, she was suggesting that uh, you know through that. It, that, that a, um, a pure well, democracy would be better than this representative democracy we have. And I don't know that I agree or disagree. Well, so the suggestion there was that you've got this eminent domain case where people are being thrown out of their homes, old ladies being thrown out of their homes, and that she believes that if it were a de- de- democratic situation, that people would be more inclined to empathize rather than the, you know these cold politicians, that there's only 10 of them and they're making this decision. That those she cold believes- politicians live in a neighborhood somewhere, too. True, but they are being plied with corporate dollars for re-election money. Absolutely. I think she's on to something. I think she's right that in a, a you know a pure democracy, the uh, the odds would be against in this particular case eminent domain succeeding. I think she's right about that. I don't know that that's true. Um, there there yeah, was at one point in the South, um, you know, the, the the majority of people thought it was okay to own black people, and you're still talking about a situation where in this case, this is a black neighborhood, right? It's uh, yeah, m- minorities, black okay, and mi- minority-owned um, neighborhood, and so you're, you know, <laughs> who knows how people around there would feel necessarily. So you're, you, you, what you're doing is you're trusting the hoi polloi. I didn't as say it I were. trust them. All I said was in this case, I believe that they would be more likely I to, tend to favor to agree with you. There are ways to, if you want to expand the border of your fancy schmancy neighborhood, there are ways to do that without exercising sure. eminent domain. Yeah, you, you have buy to persuade na- people. And you buy up the neighborhood. You know, I mean, if that's... It, yeah, anybody you know, will sell if you get if you offer the sure. right price. But what usually happens is the government comes in with some piddly Offers below value. Right, they offer whatever arbitrary amount they decide mm-hmm. on. It's usually below value. And they come in with that, and it's either take it or we. We're just going to force you to leave your home. I mean, you don't really have a real choice. Right. Whereas, um, you know, I just don't think that the I don't think the government, be it a, a, a direct democracy or a representative democracy, needs to have this power over people's property. The fact is, you can um, you can build roads, you can build bridges, you can build all kinds of things without having to take people's property. There's uh, there's auction theory, as it were. You can. Uh, now, this is interesting. What, yeah. How do you describe it? Well, that? It, I, I don't know if I can describe it in a few short words, but I can say that uh, essentially a road goes from point A to point B. And, and so you've got some old fuddy-duddy in the middle that doesn't want to sell. Right. How so, do you deal with that? Well, I, I'll tell you, 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 you make two routes for the road. Most roads can handle two routes, right? New roads. I mean, we're not talking about existing things. Um, so, you know, you, you give a couple of, you, you make offers to everyone along Route A and say, look, I'm going to give you this as long as everyone along Route A agrees to so it. So it's a contingent situation. Uh, right. A contingency. Situation. All real estate uh, deals are done on contingency. They're usually done, when you're talking about a re- uh, residential deal, it's done on the contingency of financing is one of the big contingencies. Mm-hmm. But all real estate deals are done on contingency. This isn't new. This isn't radical. This isn't uh, something from outer space. This is what happens today. So then you, um, you know, if somebody, if the old man along Route A goes and uh, decides not to sell, then Route B uh, is the one that would be chosen. Or perhaps a Route C. Um, and you just make the people along Route B an offer based on the you know the, the, the everybody along Route B buying in and that uh, for whatever reason no better thing comes along and then they make their decision will you have to pay more 
Sure, you're making um, you know you're making a big purchase there. I don't feel bad if uh, some corporation or whatever has to uh, pay more for someone's property mm-hmm. as long as they're getting it in a Through legitimate consent. fashion. Yeah. What I do feel bad is is people who have lived in their houses for um, you know I don't care how many years you've lived in it, but lived in your house yeah. um, you know lived in your house for however long you've lived in it, and they're forced to move out, forced to take a price that they don't feel is fair. Um, you know maybe the price is fair, and they're just raising a ruckus. I have no idea, I, but this is force. I don't like the idea of public good. Quite frankly, you know, being determined by the government and being. Um, uh, insisted upon um, the burden being by the taxpayers or, or anyone else to supplement that. Well, know? I don't like the idea of government, but that's a whole other issue. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, that I, that phrase, public good, even if, even if we could come up with a, a logistical way to, to, you know, build something and exercise eminent domain, the idea that it's for the public good, who determines what is public good and who determines whether or not... Not you um, or I, I can tell you right, that. Right, right. Right, and the first question Lindsay had is, is how can they do this? And the answer is simple. The answer is they can do this because they have the guns and you don't. Yeah, that's right. They they will literally be able to take you from your home with men that are armed yeah, and, they will. and tough. And and if you if you resist, then they will possibly t- kill you, tase you, um, you know, whatever yeah. they're going to do. And that's it's it's sad, but that's just it. So what can you do about this? The Free State Project. We'd mentioned that a moment ago. You can go to freestateproject.org to learn more. If you love freedom, you understand what liberty means, and you are willing to move for it to get together with other like-minded, liberty-oriented people in the same place. That's what Mark and myself and Michelle all did. We moved from different places uh, around the country. In our case, Mark, you and I, it was Sarasota, Florida. We moved from there to New Hampshire. Freestateproject.org. Learn more about that. We'll come back with our number two next. Your calls are welcome. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535 double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. Unlike those other talk show hosts out there that want to charge you for accessing their sites, we give ours away for free. So enjoy that over at freetalklive.com and all the features there. Uh, so we're going to continue here on the eminent domain discussion. But I know, Michelle, you wanted to talk about these birds and fish that are just <laughs> dying in droves uh, down south. I think it's Arkansas where that's going down. Yes. Uh, we'll get to that here when we get a chance. But, of course, your calls come first. And uh, we've been discussing eminent domain. We actually haven't gotten through the details in this story out of New Jersey where it's happening again. They are destroying a neighborhood. They are destroying hundreds of people's homes for the purposes of handing it over to private developers who are going to going to build bigger and better homes and more expensive homes and the government likes that because they're going to they 
they believe they're going to get more tax uh, revenue from it. Turns out in New London, Connecticut, where the government there did the exact same thing about five years ago. Turns out they didn't get the tax revenue they thought they were going to get because the building projects didn't really end up going through. There really wasn't any real market demand for that uh, that area. And Pfizer, the big company that was supposedly going to back it all up, ended up backing out uh, a couple years into the deal. So basically that place has been turned into a total wasteland. And now they're going to do the same thing to a, to a township in New Jersey. We'll come back with some of the uh, details on that. But we've got Brian on the line in North Carolina. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Good afternoon or good evening. Hey, Brian. Um, appreciate your taking my call. I don't want to muddy the water, but I, I you know, I, mean, I know we've been talking about what it typically is called real property, but maybe it's helpful to talk about the whole concept of private property. And I would claim that that includes our bodies, our possessions, and so forth that are rightfully gained under individual contract, not necessarily residing within the territory of some uh, state official office, Mm -hmm. if you see where I'm going with that. Um, And, yeah, it's good to talk about this eminent domain thing, but it's a much bigger picture, too, I think. And one of the things that's bothered me lately, I don't know if you've heard about this, is they're now taking uh, blood samples uh, in Florida and in Texas at road stops, uh, oh, is that not yeah. pretty much a violation of uh, of your body? Do we not have all kinds of drug laws that tells you what you can and cannot do with your absolutely own body? right? And it really just it's all been built upon uh, step by step the you know one law after another that invades your privacy, invades your person, invades your property, and people accept every step of the way until finally you're in a total police state. Exactly so. One step at a time, and it's always, well, not always, it's typically in the name of public safety, public good, and now we have this straw man that's been set up called uh, terrorism, mm-hmm. whomever those people may be. Um, and where does it stop? I guess It doesn't point. stop. It, it, it never does stop until the, you know, the only time it will stop is, is if the government completely crumbles in upon itself, a la the Soviet Union. Well, we can pray for that end, but um, <laughs> right, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not praying kind of man, but uh, I'd be happy to uh, to join you in that one. Although that didn't stop it either; it just slowed it down because that was just the crumbling and the failing of a state. It wasn't the people coming to the conclusion that the state is no longer necessary; that the idea of government is is uh, outdated and barbaric and decrepit and uh, and no longer something that uh, that we should have in our lives. So basically. The Soviet Union fell, but was replaced with other states. I mean, it's it's still a preferable situation because there are, are at least different states now, and there's more, and so there's at least some level of competition between the uh, between them. So it's an improved situation, just as the uh, United States would be improved as if it dissolved as well, and we had fifty different states instead of this one monolithic uh, federal government. I agree. I think that would be called anarchy, and you might want to make it. Well, no, not if you had 50 states. As long as there's uh, the concept of a state, it's not anarchy. Anarchy is a term that means without rulers. Well, I'm saying if we could get beyond the whole idea of statehood anyway. Yes, that would be Uh, lovely. Although I think anarchy has a certain connotation of violence and bomb throwing. I I would would call it. That's kind of my point for bringing it up because uh, most people that I talk to believe that anarchy is indeed a violence and, and no control. Do you think uh, that? And basically, they believe they seem to believe that it is uh, chaos. And I can't tell you how many times I've told people that that's not necessarily chaos. 
chaos can exist within a statehood, too. Well, I think chaos does exist. Uh, in I mean, Essentially, the state is a, a monopoly of violence, and it is a chaotic organization that goes around and destroys people's lives in the ways you were just talking about. So it sounds like we're in agreement on that. I just think I agree with you that people misunderstand what anarchy really is. And while you and I may understand that it's simply the absence of you know this structured uh, governmental or rules, uh, rule system, that, uh, that there needs to be a better way to describe that. And that's why I like voluntarism or the voluntary society or consensual uh, society, something like that, to, to take away all that negativity that has been painted on that term, the baggage that has mm-hmm. been added to the term anarchy, which is really something that the government and the media have done over the mm-hmm. years. Is right. The only time you ever hear the term anarchist used in the media is when they're showing video footage of somebody smashing in a storefront window or throwing a Molotov cocktail. And they're usually bald with tattoos and lots of piercings. Well, frequently you can't tell because they have uh, a mask on. balaclavas on or, or masks uh, or hoodies or, or something like that. Yeah. And I, I prefer to think of anarchy as the state that we're currently in. I mean, there's uh, there's no level of disorder that could possibly have been reached without an overreaching federal government um, and, and governments all over the world. I mean, when you look at the 20th century... The largest, uh, you know, the, the, the reason for most, most deaths in the 20th century is not some particular disease that you can point out, but in fact, government. Mm. Government killed more, pe- more people in the 20th century than did, um, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, any, you know, yeah, any that's one not disease. anarchy, you- Mark. That's chaos. That's I'm right. just thank you for clarifying that. I, I, totally I just agree. don't like the term, and that's why I think that we currently have that. So I mean, just because chaos. a group a, a group of armed individuals calling themselves you know ex government uh, have taken over doesn't mean that you have order. But Mark, it's not right. chaos. They let you vote. That's right. Well, we have a gang of criminals writ large. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, with with a very interesting way of appointing the dons. In uh, if I have just another second or two, I'll tell you an interesting story that's happened. Yeah, uh, around where I live, called Asheville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and there were a, uh, a certain number of people who did exactly what you were talking about earlier. They went around smashing store windows and basically raising cane through the streets, and they were assigned the name anarchists. Well, that and violence and, and, and what they really were were uh, extreme, hardcore. Tree hugger leftists is basically who who still continue to want to use the power of the state to yeah. get their way. Yeah, they just don't like the current structure. They want to destroy the current structure and replace it with their own uh, little whatever it is they want to envision for themselves. I don't particularly yeah, like labels, but I do I do think that you can use adjectives to describe behavior, and I would say that that was violent and criminal and um, and aggressive and and so Certainly none of those things are anything that, that I would associate with the voluntary society and a non-aggression principle of of what how I define anarchy. Couldn't agree more. Thanks Brian, for, thanks uh, for the call and the thoughts. I appreciate hearing from you tonight at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So uh, to bring you up to speed, if you're just tuning in, there is a township in New Jersey. It's called uh, Mount Holly, where the government there is basically threatening people uh, to to get them out of their homes. They're offering them some piddly amount of money to uh, to buy them out of their homes so they can raise the properties and they can build up brand new condos that are going to purportedly generate more tax dollars uh, for the government. Can you explain some things about eminent domain since you've been reading this article and I haven't? Sure. Okay, so the government offers 
these homeowners money. That's right. Where where does the government get the money? That's uh, stolen money, tax tax money. Okay, so tax money. So then with the property, for example, in New London, um, where the things that were to be built that weren't weren't built and they didn't provide the jobs and the revenue, et cetera, et cetera, but the government still owns the property. I don't know if the government owns the property. That all depends. I think what, who, well... Likely the organization that owns the property is the front group, the corporate front group for the government. So technically it's not the government, but it is the government. It's usually called a, you know, like the New London Development Corporation. We can come back with, the, if you've got more questions, we'll come back with that. And your thoughts as well at 800-259-9231, eminent domain, free time. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nesquik. Try Nesquik 4-Packs, perfect for lunches and great for kids on the go. Look for it in the juice aisle. Snack time is a great chance to sneak extra calcium into your child's diet without making him feel like he's eating something he doesn't want. Serve up dairy-rich foods like smoothies, flavored milk, frozen yogurt, and string cheese. He'll love the treat, and you'll love knowing how good it is for him. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. We've got the mobile site. If you get a smartphone, you can visit us at m.freetalklive.com. That's m as in mobile, For quick access to the streams and the podcast, it's all there and it's all free at m.freetalklive.com. Mark, what is SACL CAI? SACL CAI is a uh, company that does uh, accounts receivable for your business, whether your business is a doctor's office or bank or, uh, you know, construction company or whatever it is you do, SACL CAI can handle your accounts receivable for you. They do collections, early out billing. They purchase charged off receivables. Their employees are entrained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. Sickle CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top one on the right-hand side of the page. Sickle CAI. All right. So, uh, Michelle, you were asking some questions about eminent domain. Do we get through them all? Do you have another question you want well, to ask? Well, I just think that um, – I mean, I appreciate that clarification because you did make the comment in an earlier segment that – uh, that the new London property owners or former property owners did not receive back their property. So my question, you know, it's, it it, they've been torn like, down, I right? Mean, it's gone, so, but they don't even get the land now either. Yeah, well, so, who would want it? I mean, when you're dealing with uh, this government, a government full of people that are just going to take your land out from under sure. you for the some corporation, it's that's not somewhere I would want to live. Yeah, and if you want proof that the government actually owns the land, remember that these people in New London, um, these properties, uh, the people living in those properties have paid tax for, in some cases, hundreds of years. That's right. Um, all, all the properties that are there, they're uh, paid for because the neighborhood was rather old. So more than it was a hundred, more than a hundred year old neighborhood, this Fort Trumbull neighborhood. And you add up the money that was spent in taxes. I'll bet you it comes to somewhere above or about at what they were paid for their property. So these people literally paid the money into the government that the government then used to pay them off and kick them out of their property. Yeah, that's right. The government owns your land. If you pay rent to live on it, and that's an annual rent, I don't see what you could call property taxes besides an annual rent, 
if you pay rent to somebody, that person owns the land. The government, whether it's state or county or uh, you know municipal in what way, they own your land. Something that people outside of New Hampshire may not be aware of is kind of how things are set up here. And there is so much property that's been deeded to the state from private homeowners for the purpose of trusts or things like, you know, what have you, mm-hmm. public land trusts. In one neighborhood I lived in, it was a really nice neighborhood. There had been a homeowner who had deeded some of their property when they died to have an area where um, people could just go walk. It was It's in yeah. Peterborough. And, and so there are a lot, there, more than any other place I've ever been in, private owners have have given to the public. So, you know, we don't really need parks because that's already been taken care of through private enterprise. And I don't know how factual this is, but I assume Sovereign Curtis was accurate when he told me, pointed out several buildings that are uh, municipal, municipal buildings that were deeded by homeowners to the cities and things such as the Dublin, such as Dublin or Peterborough or whatever. So these beautiful old, you know, you could probably call them mansions were given to the cities in order to have to have right, but to have libraries or whatever. So my point though, is that, so they're actually doing something with them as opposed to just sitting on the properties because here in uh, here if people in, want to do that with their private property then, it's their business. then that, that's sure. their business but it's not as though people outside like in California or somewhere else might be looking listening to this thinking that um not not aware that New Hampshire is very unique in the, that it has had. You think that's unique? Private... You don't think that happens other places where no, people turn like... their property over to the government or something like that? Not. I have never seen it in any of the seven, six, seven states I've lived in and whatever over the. No. It seems like a horrible idea to me. I mean, I guess things are a little different in New Hampshire, but uh, why horrible anybody idea, would want to give yes. their property to the government? I don't understand. Horrible that. idea. Well, um, the area that I was referring to in Peterborough, I don't know who I say government. I'm not sure who the uh, board of advisors is or board of directors is for the trust, but it's for public use. So, I see. well, that's right. one thing to open up yes. your pro- to and give that, your property I, to like the Nature Conservancy yes. or something like that, and then have them take care of it. Because when you look at the government and how they take care of things, I would not want property that I at one time cared about right. in the hands of a bunch of uh, you know government bureaucrats. I mean, as nice as some of them might be, I know them some of them personally. As nice as they might be in their own personal lives, they just don't have the right incentives to take sure. care of things. There's an example of that here in our very own Keene, New Hampshire. There's a building downtown that was a theater at one time many many years ago and uh i think it was within the this last decade some sort of damage had happened uh to it it had been neglected to some extent and the city uh, did they take it or did they buy it i think they i forget exactly what they did but somehow it ended up in the city's hands i think they uh they they took it somehow from the uh, the prior owners or or bought it from them uh, from them for like thirty thousand dollars, and then they put some money, a little bit of money, into it, like another thirty thousand, to try to repair the roof or something like that. And then they just sat on it for years. And this, is this the old Colonial? No, uh, it's it's called the Latches Theater, but it's downtown. It's in downtown Keene, and it's just sat there ever since. The government's just, just sat on it. They've done nothing with it whatsoever. It's just deteriorated mm. and deteriorated, 
and they've never bothered to try selling it to anybody. They just let it sit, and now it is a completely, you know, I don't know if it's unrecoverable, but the government is calling it that, and they're going to tear it down and turn it into a parking lot. I mean, oh. it could have been, it could have been, yeah. a, you know, a really nice theater. It could have been reworked if somebody had had been given the opportunity to buy it. But then again, the property taxes are so damn expensive. Why anybody would want to do that is another question. You've got all these old ramshackle uh, buildings that used to be various different things in the 1800s, for instance, that are in, in downtown Keene, New Hampshire, that the government has just ended up possessing over the years because nobody else is willing to pay the price for the building and then pay the however much exorbitant property taxes would be required to try to get things up and running again because when you buy a property the government doesn't care if your business is operating at that point or not they're going to charge you the property taxes and around here that that may be you know twenty five thousand dollars for a commercial property per year i don't know about you but i can't afford to start a business with that kind of overhead Mm-hmm. Where I'm not getting anything in return for the money, I'm not getting uh, an employee, I'm not getting uh, you know anything. That's just going uh, money that's being poured into the go- the government. So it's just so sad when you see government uh, taking care of properties. And indeed, in uh, in this township in New Jersey. Mount Holly, where they've been kicking 80 and 90 year old people out of their homes that they've lived in for decades. Uh, Huffington Huffington Post is reporting that it's not the end of the outrage as the uh, town has acquired these row homes. They've boarded them up and recklessly demolished them while they're still attached to other lived in homes. God, homeowners have actually had their houses hit by the bulldozers. Oh Heating God. units have been destroyed. Many have gaping holes in their roofs, which have been le- uh, which have led to mold infestations and leaks. And what are you going to do? You're going to file a lawsuit against the government or against their front corporation, which I'm presuming they're doing, because this is typically how it works: is the government forms a front corporation, the so and so development corporation. They feed government money into it, and essentially it does the bidding of the government without actually being the government. It's 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 a corporate entity that is created for the purposes of the government's uh, whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. In this case, take a bunch of people's homes, 300 or so uh, row homes in this little New Jersey city. And, uh, and and hand over the property to some private. Uh, I private would love company. to hear solutions from the audience. You know, of things As to that how they've to deal done. With this? Well, yeah, anything that they've participated in. You know, more in terms coming of up. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives, free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just three dollars per month at amp.freetalklive.com. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on our site completely free. We've got a lot of them, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to uh, send in their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of the program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see that for yourself. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without lawyers who have to know what it takes to win and for people who do have lawyers who want to minimize legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what their lawyer should be doing. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer, and it 
so easy the average eighth grader can go through the complete four CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. Jurisdictionary was created by a 24-year case-winning veteran attorney who wants to show people how to protect themselves from other members of his profession. It's Jurisdictionary.com. So we've been talking about eminent domain here throughout most of the evening tonight, and specifically a story that's being reported on the Huffington Post about Mount Holly, New Jersey, where they, uh, the government guys are going in and buying up homes. Of course, it's not like you get to choose whether or not you sell the home. You, what you usually get is uh, some shoddy offer uh, from the government, and then you either take it or they just take your home. So those, those are your choices. You either take their money or they just take your home. You take it. They take their money, and then they take your home, or you don't take their money, and then they take your home. And that's <laughs> that reminds me of a joke. Do you want to chichi? <laughs> I don't know that one. Oh yes, is that Beavis and Butthead. No, but maybe uh, in a in a quiet moment we should <laughs> save that joke. Thanks. Inside jokes always work really well on sorry, the radio. Michelle. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> nice I thought job. it was a commonly known joke. Maybe a bunch of our listeners are laughing right now. I mean. I... <laughs> Maybe it just went over our heads. and, uh, and uh, Mark, did you know the joke? It didn't seem no, like you did. No. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one, because normally I'm the only one who's in the dark on those things. You know, that was, that's Ian's joke for the month. <laughs> he gets about one a month, folks, mm. and there it is. Do you want me to do you and then we chichi? No, I don't want you to do that. Okay, fine. Then we just chichi. I mean, you know, it's like one of those things. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so eminent domain is what we're talking about here. HuffingtonPost.com reporting on what they're doing to these people to encourage them from their homes they're parking construction vehicles around the neighborhood about about 200 of the homes uh, homeowners have taken the deal and they've already left so they're about another 100 homes that uh, that remain and they've just been tearing down the existing homes and because these are uh, row homes they're attached to one another so as they'll go in to tear down one of the homes it'll still be attached to another home that hasn't sold yet hey no big deal we'll just put a few holes in your wall or maybe in your roof and destroy the heating uh, Unit and, and as we're discovering here, they uh, they're actually ripping up sidewalks and leaving them unrepaired. The, there's mold and infestations because of the holes in the roofs. Uh, once the buildings are knocked down, the township lets the lots grow over with weeds. Dangerous mini construction sites dot, uh, dot the community where kids are running and playing. The township purposefully neglected the gardens community and cut back on municipal services. It closed down the community center and took away the playground and sent a $14,000 grant for the center back to the state. Some residents report decreased police patrolling. All agree the gardens used to be a vibrant, close-knit, living and breathing community. Now what's left is a redevelopment war zone. The town has systematically killed Nancy's community through every means at its disposal and is now making residents the proverbial offer they can't refuse. If you're still living here, you better agree to our appraisal terms because either way, we're going to bulldoze your home. And in America, no one is guaranteed success, prosperity, or home, or a job, but there is a sacred promise that is yours as an American. Whether you're born here or just arrived, the pursuit of happiness. The Gardens homeowners staked their roots in once fertile soil, and over the decades, with every second job, overtime shift, and every penny saved, they nourished those roots with the sweat of their toil. Since the proposal for the demolition of their community was first announced, the homeowners have been fighting just as relentlessly to keep what they have worked so hard to own. And now the town is poised to use eminent domain to take all of that away from them and give their land, land into which they've sunk their labor, their love, and the seeds of their dreams to a developer with far more money and far more clout so it can use their land for its private ends. 
you know, the, the, the idea of pursuit of happiness, I, I you know, um, maybe this is the best country in the world to uh, pursue happiness. I'm not 100 percent sure. But, you know, that just it, it falls on deaf ears to me. P- people uh, people talking about the pursuit of happiness. People don't care about the pursuit of happiness in this country unless it's their own. Um, they're they're willing to trade the pursuit of happiness of other people um, on their own personal property and, the, and their body uh, for anything, you know, whether it has to do with uh, marijuana consumption to people deciding that they want to uh, live together in the same house for the rest of their lives, call each other husband and husband or whatever they want to call themselves. You know, there's all kinds of pursuits of happiness that uh, that the government's just, you know, through the through the people, uh, the people through the government have uh, decided to mitigate, um, you know, for other people. Yeah, it's true. And the fact that people don't care about other people's happiness, that people don't care about the the freedom to pursue one's happiness is one of the reasons why all these uh, obstructions to freedom have have cropped up is because uh you know people aren't willing to stand up for the rights of their fellow man their fellow human being they're not willing mm-hmm. to they 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 look over right. there and they say oh eminent domain well I'm glad that's not my house they're stealing right so Mount Holly Township has an opportunity to finally do some good this holiday season, even though it has largely destroyed the gardens and stolen years from the lives of those that remain. The township can still easily reconfigure the, de- the redevelopment to accommodate the remaining homeowners, or at the very least give Nancy and her neighbors replacement housing in the new development and make them whole. If township officials do not show even that much decency to their fellow citizens, then may the ghost of this monstrous abuse of power follow them for the rest of their days. That's from Huffington. Post.com and uh, I couldn't agree more. It's just tragic. It, it it looks like the the Fort Trumbull situation all, all over, over yeah, again. Yeah, Kilo yeah. versus New London. Um, if people want to look it up, right? Fort Trumbull was the name of the the neighborhood or the the That's area right. in which was yeah. uh, was affected. Kilo was one of the six, seven, eight homeowners. I can't remember how many they started off with. Yep. But Suzette I, Kilo, there were seven when the case went to the Supreme Court. Dwindled down to six uh, shortly thereafter, and and then they just and then there were none. Yeah, and that's one of the other problems with this situation. If you had the three hundred people willing, again, back to the dis, this discussion of individuals uh, not willing to stand up for one another. If you had these three hundred homeowners standing together and refusing right. to sell Absolutely. out, and standing with one another in front of their homes when the bulldozers showed up, you would really have a real show of strength. But instead, they just pick them off one by one, or people take the deal and they, well, and they leave. Yes, but in in you know to play devil's advocate here for a second, we've talked several times, including last night, about um, being neighborly. And you just mentioned that as long as your rights aren't being violated or your happiness isn't being impinged, you're not really uncomfortable enough to help anyone else. And pardon me. So I can imagine, I can just envision one of those neighborhoods, not saying that it's true of this one necessarily, but, oh, I don't want to stand with so-and-so because they're gay. I don't want to stand with Mm. so-and-so because, you know, they um, homeschool. I don't want to stand with so-and-so because they're atheists. I don't want to stand with so-and-so because they're Christian. So because you have these, you know, differences in how you would like to express your liberty, you know, you you people aren't willing to find their common ground and unite together. And I think and so they're they're able to be picked off one by one. That's right. And then they just get whittled down uh, over time. And before you know it, there's like in the Kilo case, there are only seven that are willing to uh, to hold out. And, and even they end up taking deals at the very last minute. I mean, they usually they got some better offers <laughs> because they held out as long as they did. But they were much better. But man, it's still it's still an insult and a slap to the face that 
oh, well, you just have to move because we think there's something more important that could right. be Right, and I would uh, point out to those uh, out there that call themselves Republicans that this uh, this Kelo decision was made during the Bush administration. It was, uh, it was made by a court that was considered to be conservative at the time. Um, now, Republicans would tell you that well, a uh, we don't live in a democracy. We live in a republic. In a republic, the government has you know protects the right of the individual over the rights of uh, of of the majority. Yeah, right. and this, I mean, what is a more fundamental? Tell me, a more fundamental individual right than the ability to own your house and not have it taken away from you by people calling themselves uh, you know, municipal government in order to give to a, uh, a corporation. Your thoughts are welcome on this or any issue. You can take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. Are you a supporter of eminent domain? That is stealing. 1-800-259-9231. Oh, wait a minute. It's not stealing because the government's doing it, right? You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Got a lot of features. We give them to you. Uh, back to coming up tonight, we're going to give you a two-pack of the Toto Sack, so stay tuned for your chance to win that. Uh, our website, freetalklive.com, you can actually support the show. We give you the features on the website for free. But, you know, it costs money to run the website. So one of the ways you can help support us is by shopping with us. You're going to do the shopping anyway. You're going to get the the hottest new video game or a new book that was just released or, you know, whatever it is you're looking for. Amazon sells it. But you've got to enter through our special portal, which is Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. In that case, you still get the same great Amazon deals, the same huge selection, the free Super Saver shipping, which is available on a lot of their brand new items. They even sell used items, by the way, over at Amazon. You enter through our portal, and Free Talk Live gets a cut of the sale. It's that simple. Now, you don't see it. You don't see like a line item on the invoice, so there's no way to, to know for sure. But if you go in through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, it, uh, it, it will give us the credit. That's essentially our door to their site. And it makes a big difference for us when you shop at Amazon through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. To the phones and the fun, your thoughts about whatever you want. Rich is on the line in Montana. Rich, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Yeah. It's great to, get to talk to you guys. I've been listening to you guys for a couple months. Welcome, sir. What's on your mind? I love you. A lot of times I love your show, and sometimes you talk about things, and I think you get on things that really aggravate me, but... What you need to understand is the the answer to all everybody's problems is right in front of your face. And it's in the Bill of Rights, and it's called the Second Amendment. And I do believe it is going to come to that in this country. What do you mean by that? I, you sound like you're, you're suggesting something. I'm our not going right, to jump to our, a conclusion. Our, our right to keep and bear arms. You don't have it. I, I think you, you you know what I'm saying. You're not, I'm no, not no, I'm not sure if I know what you're saying. What are you getting at? I think that you have the right to keep and bear arms. However, I don't believe that you, you any longer have it. Okay, I'm probably older than a couple of you guys, uh, than, than, than all you people. I'm probably older than you. And I, and 
I've seen a gradual de- decline in this country most of my life. Mm-hmm. And when has, you know, I, you guys are basically pacifists, aren't you? Not quite. Not, not quite. I don't think that violence tends to be a very good solution to most problems. However, um, I think that a person has a human right to protect themselves at the same time. I am a pacifist you know, of the three of us. You are, I, you I, are? Yes, I am a pacifist according to the definition that someone who attempts to pacify and to end uh, aggression and fighting then under that definition, yes, I'm a pacifist. I'm willing to use defensive violence in order to stop uh, violence from from uh, aggressive mm-hmm. violence from occurring, but that's as far as I'm willing to mm-hmm. go with it. I, I don't want to hurt the attacker. I, I just want to stop the attack. And I also think it's ineffective when used against uh, the a government org- organization, generally because they're out they out arm you, and because they have a a legitimacy factor that hasn't been chipped away at. You, you'll be made to look you, like a madman. Would you agree? Every every day you get up and look at the internet, it's one outrage after another. I try not to be outraged, but um, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're feeling. I mean, I frustrating. I, yeah, it, it oh can be God. very frustrating. You know what? I've been sick to my stomach the past ten years in this country. Mm-hmm. I can imagine I mean, why. It wasn't much better the ten years before that. Look, I've been where you are, and I, I hear what you're saying. You're you're beating around the bush at some sort of violent revolution that we're going to rise up, we're going to take our government back, or or whatever. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like you know, you no, wouldn't you're, say and it you're yourself. not. I'm not going to play into that one. But where have you ever seen fundamental change come in this country back to what, what that constitution? And another, I don't want to go know, back we're, to we're not, uh, we're not to a anything. Democracy. We're not a democracy, first of all. Politicians constantly harp on the, the democracy. When I hear that word, I can't stand that word. We, we are, are not. Uh, we are not we in are anything. Republic. I am not we in anything. Republic. No, no. D- please don't say we because I am not part of your little uh, political scheme or whatever it is that you believe. And I might have used no, to. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I'm believing. I'm, I'm believing a lot of most everything you guys say. I, I'm for the freedom bit. I mean, I'm not one that. You know, I don't fall into this political junk anymore. Okay, I, good, I honestly good. think that nothing is going to happen at the ballot box for anybody in this country. I, I tend to you, agree with you that the ballot box is mostly a waste of of, uh, of time and effort. I think politics is incredibly inefficient. However, I have seen some really positive signs out of the political system here in New Hampshire with the Free State Project, where you've got uh, thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented people that are all converging onto the same place. It's a movement for liberty in much of the same way that you know people have moved in the past for different reasons. You've got the Mormons that moved to Utah. You've got the hippies that moved to Vermont. Uh, you've got uh, other movements that are like that. Quebec, Quebec The Puritans that came here from from Europe. The exactly. Quakers that, that fled the Puritans right. into Pennsylvania. Exactly. Yeah, so, add, so, uh, add Montana to your list. There's plenty of freedom-loving people out here. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Um, you know, Montana's, uh, it, it isn't very high on the list of uh, freest states, and one, you know, one has to ask, you know, um, I mean, I've, I've it heard... It, can, it, can, it did compete for your free, free state project. It did, it yes. did. Was yes, Montana in there? Montana was on the list. Yes, Wyoming. it was. Okay. Well, yeah, and well, Wyoming beat out uh, Montana, by the way, in that uh, in that running. Yes, but it did. 
But nonetheless, uh, so the idea of moving liberty-minded people together and having them do things on a peaceable basis to achieve liberty in our lifetime, I think, is a viable one. It's why I moved to New Hampshire from uh, from Florida as part of the Free State Project. I've seen proof of concept. Uh, I've seen it working. I've seen it working in the, the realm of politics, which I didn't expect it to this quickly. I didn't expect it to at all, and I've been proven wrong on that. And uh, and then I've, I've seen amazing advances in civil disobedience, and I've seen a social movement that is unlike anything that that the liberty movement has anywhere else. So, yeah, I don't think there's any uh, necessity to reach for a rifle uh, to try to achieve liberty. And indeed, as Mark pointed out, violence uh, is not a way to solve problems. Violence tends to beget violence. Where is going through the political process, though, achieving it? Well, New um, Hampshire, sir. I, right. I just told you about that. And I suggest um, going outside of the system. I mean, we had a show a few weeks ago about whether or not voting was an effective means and, you know, of, of exacting change. And, and um, there, both Mark and Ian agree that the, it, it does affect change. And, but besides that, they both participate, as do I, in non-political um, means of of reaching greater and greater liberty for ourselves know, and other people. Know. So you become independent. The that's, the, that's the first thing that you need to do is become self-sufficient, self-reliant yourself. You know, let me ask you, do you know the intention behind the Second Amendment? Yeah, it was the it was what, a, what? it was the it idea was that target you, shooting it wasn't for target shooting. I understand, dude. Shooting. I was the const I was a constitutional guy in the past, so I get it. The idea behind the Second Amendment is so that you can defend yourself from a government gone out of control and etc. and so on. Amen. Good luck, brother. You go ahead and you have yourself an armed standoff at your house and let us know what happens. Right. That, Give us a call. Oh wait, I, you'll be one dead. Thing I have been saying for years. I was glad to hear the other guy say, "What's his name?" Mark. Mark is one of the guys on the show. Yeah, you think you own your property? You don't pay your rent check to the state every month, and you see how much you own. Mm-hmm. So, Rich, and I happen to, and I happen to be one that does own my property flat out. How's that? Well, he means without a mortgage. Without okay. a mortgage. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, now, Rich, we've um, we've told you that New Ham- in New Hampshire in 2010, November 2010, we saw elected representatives, 15 of whom were uh, Free State Project members, 125, I think, maybe it was a little less than that, were recommended by the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. So voting at the ballot box worked. There's also been a multiple, since I've been paying attention in the last 10 years, there's been multiple instances of people picking up arms against their government, whether it's at school board meetings, town hall meetings, running bulldozers into police uh, shops, the killdozer, um, all kinds or of just examples. holding up in their house. Uh, flying an airplane into an IRS building. Tell me one of those that's worked. Well, it's, it's been one person doing it, so it, it's not going to work. Well, there, were, there was a half a dozen of them that were recently busted in an FD, FBI sting. Um, no, no, excuse me. It was a dozen of them. More than a dozen of them were busted in an FBI sting because uh, they had been infiltrated by an FBI officer that offered them C4. They were going to blow up a, uh, um, a, a, a police, uh, you know, a dead guy parade. Are you, are you talking about the militia group that did that? Uh, well, they were yeah. suggesting they were going to do it. That's what I'm pointing out. Like, there's always a poo poo for it each. The same group? Is it the militia group in Michigan you were talking about? Yeah, it was in Michigan. They were totally set up for that. I understand they were t- set up. They for were it, like, but you. it doesn't change the fact that um, you you know you what get you, mean, you get together like you get twelve gun nuts together planning an event. One of them is going to be an FBI agent. That's what we're trying to tell you. How Rich. many do you need? The solution isn't an AK-47. 
The solution is peaceful res, uh, re, no, refusal no, to well, obey. The solution is not the ballot box either. I the didn't United say States that was the only rich. solution. I've given you an, I've given you an example where the ballot box is a solution. You have not given me one example. But the United of, States is more than New Hampshire, guys. Pick I don't up care. and move. I don't care about the rest of you. I really don't. I, that's why I moved to New Hampshire, because screw it. Screw the Actually, other 49. Actually, he wants to set a good example. I'll tell you what. If you, if you want, Rich, I'll bring you back here, because I think this is an important issue. And uh, there's much more to say. 800-259-9231. Is violence a solution to violence? When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The The GPS GPS Black Black Box Box Dash Cam. Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at FreedomCam.net. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You dial in toll-free, you bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. Coming up tonight, your chance to win a two-pack of the Toto Sacks. Stay tuned for that. 800-259-9231. Uh, you can bring up anything you want. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. Michelle. And Mark. As we continue here, I believe Rich is... No, he's gone. All right, so last hour, just to recap for those of you just tuning in, we had Rich call in from Montana. And he's frustrated. He sees all of this government uh, encroachment upon people's liberties. It's so obvious. It's so in your face. Uh, The government continues to become more oppressive, more expensive, just more controlling all across the board. State, local, federal, all across the board, getting more involved in our personal lives and our business lives and so on. And, you know, I felt the same way Rich does. Um, I felt that way several years ago. You know, like yeah. I, I can remember. I mean, I, I can just remember having these visions of, you know, having a, a gun and shooting the bad guys, the bad guys being the government agents that were trying to do something terrible. They're hurting people. They you deserve know, it, right? Right. You know, that, that was the way I saw it. And, you know, I, over time doing this show six nights a week, um, you know, three hours a night, you get. You get you get a different perspective. You see that uh, a that you know there's a lot of government encroachment and that uh, there's there's not a lot being done about it. And b doing something about it, like Rich suggests, using the Second Amendment for what it was uh, intended for, isn't going to solve the problem. There are a no. lot of examples, just a lot of examples of people trying to do that. I, right. But as Rich pointed out, but those are just single people. They're just individuals. Well, mm-hmm. what if you get a group together? All right. Well, I, and he didn't we didn't get a chance to ask him this question, but I was going to ask, all right, how many do you need, Rich? How many do you need in your little platoon of uh, of badass government fighters, militia guys? Is it 12? Is it 15? Is it 30? Is it 100? How many people do you need to take on the leviathan of the federal and state and local governments and all their police forces right. and all of their state police and all the federal cops and all the they DA's? even got a bear in the air. Yeah. How, how many do you need for that? Now, just as, a, just as a point of comparison here, 
I moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. I had that same angry attitude when I uh, when I came up here. It melted away because when you get around other like-minded, liberty-oriented people and you start seeing successes happen, it brings you back it hope. brings back hope. Right. Um, so that melted away for me. But one of the things that I was most exciting for me to come up here uh, and get involved in was to support and get and actually do civil disobedience. I saw that as like, wow, this is the key. This is something the liberty movement has been missing. It's something that we need to see happen in a, in a big way. And it has happened in a big way. There's no doubt about that. The civil disobedience that's happened up here has been mind-blowing. It's been unprecedented. The liberty movement has never seen civil disobedience like this across the whole country. But all that said, it's still really difficult to get people to, to step up and do civil disobedience. Even right. low-risk civil disobedience can be fairly difficult to get people involved in. You expect me to believe that you're going to be able to find a dozen people to arm up and take on you know, assault on Precinct yeah. 13 to go up against the, the cops? I mean – Nobody's going to do that. Nobody is going to do that. Right. And, you know, what we said. And it's ineffective. We said something to the effect of we don't care what goes on in the other 49 states. And to some extent, that's my highest truth. Um, because here's what I mean when I say that. Rich, we've uh, Rich knows about the Free State Project. He talked about which states, uh, you know, were picked for the Free in State the Project. In the running, right? He's clear on what it is. Yes. The the um, you know the inner tube has been thrown out for mm-hmm. his uh, his his rescue, and yep. he refuses to take it. No, I wish to be saved in a different fashion. <laughs> I wish my liberty to be saved in a different fashion. Don't throw out this this. Uh, Is that the old joke about the guy that's on the roof of his house yes. and he's praying to God? God, yeah. please, you know, send me a, an answer, send save me, and you know, oh, a no, motorboat comes by. I don't know that by. joke. <laughs> of course, you know that joke. A motorboat comes by and a helicopter comes by, and he's like, "No, God's I was going to save me." For a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, if you if you care about liberty enough to go out and, in a blaze of glory, shooting yeah. down the, uh, the, the the government helicopters or whatever it is you're going to do, but you don't care enough to pick up and move your life to New Hampshire. What am I supposed to do with you? You're a psycho. Basically, you you want bloodshed at that point. And, right? you know, it's been tried the other way before um, many times. And, you know, we had a civil war. In this yeah. country, you yeah. know, arguing, here we are. fighting about exactly, and so um, right. Violence has been successful. In the throwing- government has the monopoly privilege on the use of violence. They're yeah. very, very good at it. Yeah, they're pretty crappy at most things they do, but they're pretty good at killing people. Um, and if you look at the history of governments and violence and overthrows, yes, okay, it's true. Violence, if you have enough of it on your side, can overthrow an existing set of uh, of warlords or an existing set of government people. But that never leads to freedom it just leads to other people controlling others with violence it leads to the people who won with the violence to take over that particular territory mm-hmm. and then ex- you know exact their violence on others because violence begets violence and it creates even if you could say that well i'm going to be peaceful as soon as i kill all these other people right. uh, all these bad guys like well, Right. There are other people that look at that and say, oh, well, you use violence to solve problems and I don't like these new rulers and I don't like the way they're being all peaceful. So I'm going to get violent with them. And it's just it never ends. It, the, the cycle never ends. You see it in, in families with abuse where it, it just travels mm-hmm. through generations. And the same thing happens with uh, with societies. If you want to have liberty in your lifetime, there are peaceful ways to achieve it and ways that don't have to involve the risk of your life. 
as well. If you have enough people, as we were talking about before with right. the, the eminent domain, if enough people were to say, no, we're That's not going right. along with this, we're not going to, not only we're not going along with this, we're going to not pay taxes anymore. I mean, God, why would you keep paying taxes in a situation like that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, just stop obeying and stop going along with a program, and then all of a sudden everything will change. The government exists based on your consent. I know it doesn't seem like that, but on a society-wide scale, because people go along with it is why they get away with it. It's because they came out with one regulation and people said, okay, I'll follow that rule. And then they came out with a thousand more over the years and they went ahead and they followed all those. If they had just said no in the beginning, and they could still say no now. Well, it's not about saying no. It's about having the option. Okay, uh, Absolutely. Um, I think that is the litmus test. Can you say no? Right. It, it's it's the, the ability to say no. I'm not against government, if that's the term one wants to use. What I'm against is top-down authoritarian government. People having to choose. One size fits all. People having to choose. People having to pay. As far as I'm concerned, the public school system is irrevocably broken. Irrevocably broken. And yet, I have to pay for it or they're going to take my house away. Right. You can say no, but there are some serious uh, risks involved. But if more people, but if enough people say no, then the consequences melt away. That's what I'm trying to say. Let's go to Sarah in New Hampshire, listening in Manchester to 1051. Hello, Sarah. You're on Free Talk Live. Sweet. What's up? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I totally want to agree with you guys. You couldn't have said it any better. Um, You can't fight fire with fire. Uh, you can try, but you're just going to get a bigger explosion. And true, you know, you see a lot of peace rallies going on all across areas, Burma, um, certain parts of China, Tibet, you know, and it's really sad. And you get really, you get really angry and you get really heated and you want to fight back. But then in the end, you're no better than them. That's right. You're lowering yourself to their level, even though you can use the excuse, well, we're just defending ourselves. You're still using violence as your solution to the problem. Right, right. And as you were saying, I mean, what do they do? They run on our backs, right? And they use us to proceed forward. When you say they, you mean the government people? I'm using they very broadly because I'm not very very educated as far as, like, the in-depth, like, ongoing, like, who controls what. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to use government, but it's going to be broad, like, corporations. People in power, they use the little people, right? Sure. The only way they can survive. And like you're saying, if we just stop and say no more, they fall apart. Absolutely right. Hey, Sarah, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. What we're going to do right now, we're going to come back with more Free Talk Live here in a moment, but we want to make sure we give you a two-pack of the Tota Sack here tonight. Uh, it's a special call-in number. It's 603 603- uh, 603-4... I've spaced out, Mark. 603-435-1105. <laughs> it's 603-435-1105. There you go. Uh, and we'll pick a random caller and give you a pair of toe sacks. Oh, that's right. 603-435-1105. I saved this show you every sure did. single night. You call in now. You win a two-pack of the Tota Sack. It's going to make it easy for you to bring the groceries back in from the car. It's an awesome little device. All three of us here in the studio use ours. We love them. Uh, 603-435-1105. Call now to win. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. 
MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com this is free talk live and you can dial in toll free to bring up whatever you want the number is 1-800-259-9231 and that is the SACL cai toll free line 1-800-259-9231 you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find on the site completely free so uh, those features by the way include listening options you can Listen via our broadband stream or dial-up stream around the clock. So anytime you want the latest episode of Free Talk Live, it is always on our streams at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, there's our webcam, the listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. There's our satellite feed and 86 wonderful radio stations across the, the country that air the show at various different times throughout the week. So go to listen.freetalklive.com to get those details. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Intern for Liberty. Make a difference, get experience, and get paid. The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduate, graduate, and recent graduates for its summer internship programs. They have internships in all types of journalism and public policy. The internship includes a generous stipend, housing assistance, career workshops, and training throughout the summer. Visit libertarianinternships.com for more information and to sign up to receive updates and reminders. Many graduates of this internship program have gone on to uh, you know, uh, jobs in the various places that they've intern- uh, interned at. So whether these are um, you know, think tanks or whether they're journalism places, television uh, shows, that kind of thing, it's libertarianinternships.com. This is a great step up for people. All right, so let's continue here uh, with your thoughts, your calls about whatever you want. Let's go to Alex in New Jersey. You're on the amp lines. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, I live in New Jersey myself. Uh, I have for a great part of my life before moving for the Free State Project. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the town that I'm from, we had a a very large shopping center. It had a Pathmark, Hollywood Video, uh, Rita's Italian Ice, all these other great stores, including a Goodwill. And the the town used eminent domain to try and put in an apartment complex. And people were protesting about it because Pathmark was right across the street or down the block from a retirement home. And all of the, the people that lived there could simply walk and do their grocery shopping. And we, uh, my parents and I, we went grocery shopping there. And uh, when the town used eminent domain, Pathmark fought it for years in the courts. And then uh, they eventually said, after all that fighting, you lose, get out. Mm. So they abandoned, they abandoned the supermarket, and the, the contractor who was originally going to do it, he backed out. <laughs> and now the place is a wasteland. It's, mm. it's all fenced off. There's a, a huge mountain of dirt where they were digging something that's abandoned. The storefronts are all nasty-looking and run down and degraded and broken stuff everywhere, and it's just awful. It is so sad. It's very sad. And this is what happens and, when you give the government the ability to, 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 to do these things. It, it's just... Um, 
it just goes to show you what uh, what kind of negative consequences can happen uh, when you try to. Um, what do they call it? They say the uh, the road to hell is paved with good intention. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, just wanted to share that with you guys. Well just observed, Alex. I... Another town in New Jersey. Yep, I appreciate the information, and that's just just it. You know, we don't know how many of these stories there are. Eminent domain happens so often; it's it's so uh, common that it's not really considered it's news. Not even news. Right. So if if you don't have the, uh, the you get this kind of heart wrenching story that can be told of uh, people that are kind of holdouts, like you're seeing in the case of this other New Jersey town that we we're talking about or in the Kilo case out of New London, then usually it's just the, the government comes in. They make their you can't you know the deal you can't refuse offer where you either take the money or they just take your house. <laughs> you can't refuse. And most people look at that and they say. Well, um, I guess I'll take it because I can't afford to fight this. How many of the average homeowners, and because you know they're not targeting the wealthy typically in these situations, they're not targeting you know the upper crust neighborhoods for eminent domain. Mm-hmm. So how many of the average homeowners can afford to hire an attorney to, to fight this stuff? Well, and also all those people are, are convinced that they're doing it for the public good that, you know, are they all convinced about that? I don't know. I, I, but I imagine a lot of people that are, uh, are you know, fr- are, are fronted with eminent domain are pretty upset and pretty disturbed. The and individuals themselves, but the community or whatever. I mean, it's um, I don't know. Now, most of the community, how much of them would even know about it? How many people become aware of eminent domain going on in their own community until somebody says, whoa. That's not a good deal. I think I'd rather stay with my home and I'm hiring a lawyer and they actually stick it out and make an issue out of it. Otherwise, it's just a notice that goes out to somebody's mailbox that, that says, hey, here's what we're going to do to your property. And now uh, here's the money we're going to give you. There was a property in, in Utah near Park City where it was land that had not been developed, but it was privately owned. And uh, the government exercised eminent domain and um, gave the property or sold it or rent whatever they did to um, Walmart. And there were a lot of people in the area who were really ecstatic about the idea of being able to go, you know, drive 15, 20 minutes, particularly, you know, when there's eight feet of snow out Mm -hmm. to go to have the convenience of a Walmart as opposed to having to drive down to Salt Lake. And so that's what I mean by, you know, people get sold into this idea that it is, you know, it's really for their good. And there's a disconnect between the fact that a private home, a private property owner did not voluntarily, you know, exchange their property for value in order to, you know, to, um, to offer that up to be used by a builder or whatever to, you know, uh, yeah, it's outrageous, but you're right. Whatever, so. People may not see it that way. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, that sounds like a, a case where uh, there's good PR by the uh, the government officials. I don't know how it worked out in the end, but... Be um, all you can be. I mean, who doesn't know that slogan? They're good at PR. <laughs> well, know? they hire companies that are good at PR. <laughs> right, okay, there <laughs> you <true>. go. <laughs> but um, the... The, the situation is that uh, people, most most Americans, would probably tell you that they believe that politicians are lying thieves. Yeah, I think so. Somehow or another, Americans and people around the world choose to abrogate their responsibilities in the in the area of governance to lying thieves, and then have the expectation that everything's going to work out for the best. 
It's crazy. It is crazy. It's an, it's an absolute, uh, you know, it's, it's somebody stepping out of the realm of reality and sanity and, uh, you know, just, you know, hoping for the best. It's crazy. Now, coming up here, uh, Michelle, there's a news story that is really bizarre coming out of Arkansas with birds. Birds are and falling fish. from the sky. And we're talking about like hundreds, if not thousands no, of birds? No, thousands. Uh, I, I was amused to find that in one article it said 2,000 and the same article it said 4,000. But nonetheless, there are thousands. There was a third article that said 5,000. Why is this happening? How widespread is it? Uh, I, I know nothing, so I'm going to count on you to uh, okay. fill us in here in a moment. We'll, uh, we'll talk more about the mysterious birds. Uh, is this, some people are going to look at this and say, oh my gosh, you know, 2012, the end times. This the Mayan is, prophecy. Yeah, right? It's some crazy stuff, man. It is pretty crazy. Uh, eight, is the government behind it? 1-800-259-9231. I have no idea, uh, but would love to get your thoughts. 1-800-259-9231. You could take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free. The number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on our site. Got a lot of stuff there, including different ways for you to promote the show. Various things from banners for your website to bumper stickers. You can go to promote.freetalklive.com and you can get it all for free. Uh, Go to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll learn about how to get more ears tuned in to this program. Promote.freetalklive.com. Memory Dealers offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. They also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. They also have great prices and services on used networking equipment, such as Cisco routers and switches. It's in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery, memorydealers.com. All right, so we're going to continue here. Uh, Michelle, you're going to tell us about this situation that is developing here. It's, it's news that hit, what, today, yesterday, something like that, with these birds and fish that are just turning up dead. And they're not turning up dead. They're falling down, falling from the sky. All right, well, Ian. I guess the fish are turning up because they kind of <laughs> right. float up, but then the, the birds falling down dead, yeah. Yeah, approximately 5,000 red-winged blackbirds. All the same kind of bird. Right, yes. I've heard different numbers on this, but uh, 5,000 is the highest 5, number. 5,000 sounds very like a good number. <laughs> so, um, well, yes, but I, but I will preface by saying that they're... They're a bit of a pest at this time of year, so hmm. it's not unusual that the red-winged blackbirds are in that area. So right. um, it's not as though the locusts are coming kind of thing or whatever. But um, yeah, it's in a northwest town uh, of Arkansas called BB. And um, the, the 
It happened uh, the, on New Year's and um, sometime in the evening around 11 o'clock, 11 p.m. Hmm. And um, the Arkansas Game and Fish uh, Commission said that such events have happened around the world before. <laughs> really? Yeah, I haven't heard of them. But um, that the test results were inconclusive, but that the birds showed physical trauma. And she, um, the woman speculated that the flock could have been hit by lightning or high-altitude hail. Um, they've also gone with uh, fireworks and... Um uh, they had one other explanation out there, but uh, yeah, all interesting stuff. How many birds? Five thousand. Up to five thousand in a mile in a, in a mile area in a one mile area. Fireworks? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> the 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 birds show uh, evidence of trauma, mm-hmm. but they're in one piece, so they didn't fly through like an airplane, uh, you know, yeah, uh, right. Uh, turbine or something like that i it's it's Fire, really the fireworks doesn't make sense i mean i'm certainly no fireworks or bird expert <laughs> uh, i'm a talk show host but if you think about it think about how animals behave when big booming noises are happening you you think if somebody's shooting up big fireworks and and wouldn't you notice something like that going on i mean were, were they i guess it was the uh, the new year's eve fireworks possibly doing it but uh once a flock of birds doesn't have five thousand birds arkansas in it. it's not like they're it's not like singapore where they're right. having Big party. This is that's little, another great point. So Northwest I mean, Town, Arkansas. Even if this big rocket shoots up and explodes with a huge explosion, is that going to catch all five thousand birds at, at once? No. I mean, it, that's not possible. And they're not being blown apart, so it's not as yeah, though there's, there's you know they're not bird guts raining down <laughs> on people's homes. It's real mystery. I mean, I, I find all the explanations I've heard. I thought hail was the was the best. That explanation. one sounds decent. Uh, the best explanation I'd heard. And it was so cold, far. right? But I think that they've. I think they've uh, decided that, that one's. Uh, I've been watching the uh, CNN all day on uh, this one, and I think that they've discounted hail at this point. Well, the uh, Arkansas Department of Environmental Quality. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, they came out to test for toxins. And although the people are walking around in masks and head-to-toe you know, coverage. They're telling the townspeople that there's nothing to be concerned about. Everything's okay here. We're just doing this as procedure. Yeah. Everything's fine. You know, and uh, it's got to be very strange. You know, thousands of birds follow this guy. How many fish died in this uh, this, this kill-off, too? I'm not sure. Because, well, it's, because that, happened, that happened a little um, earlier in the week, and so really? you're, there's speculation that they're unrelated or whatever. Right, they're saying it's unrelated, so, um, but the fish is actually over a several mile range. 20, 20 miles, but the interesting thing about it is there's only one species of fish that was affected. Mm-hmm. So it's not, so that would, you know, maybe indicate that it wasn't a Some pollutant. kind of disease. Yeah, it sounds infectious, right? right? Yeah. Right. Well, I know that here in But Keen, it was only one type of bird. With with uh, you know, no, there was one duck. There was one lone duck, <laughs> but he was probably hit by, by the, the birds. birds. <laughs> duck, he no. was rained upon by a bunch of dead uh, black uh, Is black that birds. where we get the term duck? I don't know. I, you know? I, I don't think so. No, now, this is BB Arkansas. How do you spell BB? Just B E E B E B E. Arkansas. All right, I'm just curious as to how many people actually live in this area. Baby. Did, did the fish actually happen in the same relative area? Right, as same the relative birds? area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that uh, that? Uh, no, actually, it was in the ocean. The, what? With along the fish? The, yeah, I mean, it wasn't on land. The fish. Yeah, they weren't in the ocean. It was on a river. I mean, on a river. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it was in the water, so it wasn't in the exact same place. 
Okay. So, but it was in the same general vicinity, vicinity right? Correct, like within yeah. within a mile or two or something like that. Of the- I mean, I think that the only the only uh, thing that a reasonable person can draw from this is that Jesus is coming back and he's coming to BB Arkansas. BB Arkansas is a population of forty nine hundred people. <laughs> not having a big fireworks. There's show, a big no. <laughs> there's a Bigfoot running around there somewhere. I guarantee it. Well, no. <laughs> I know that there was we, – we live in Keene, New Hampshire, which is a very pretty uh, little – very little city in the southwestern corner of New Hampshire. And it's called the Elm City. However, there are no elm trees. There are elm trees, but they don't line the city like they used to because – Well, they've been replanted. Disease but, that affected elm trees. But the disease hit a few decades ago. So any elm trees that are around are probably not the originals that were here, you know – for hundreds of years. Yeah, th- those are all dead. And so... They almost make it to about 30 at this point. This uh, this disease struck across the entirety of the elm population and wiped them out. Where did it come from? I don't know. I mean, I haven't done the, the, dig- the digging on this, but where this sounds like some sort of infectious yeah. situation. And what are the odds that, that a fish, one type of fish and one type of bird would be uh, subject to it? I mean... Uh, I, again, maybe you're a biologist and you can call and you know give us some insight on this. Is it likely that a fish could come down with a similar malady as a bird? I mean, are they that similar? The it drum, seem the, like the, it. the the drum carp clearly have a uh, uh, bird flu. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know what. I don't know anything. Strange. I find this to be very strange. I've got to say, and I'm I I am not going to just latch on to the first explanation the scientists come out with because mm-hmm. they've already come out with several. There are fish kills. Yeah, um, sure. That that occur from time to time mm-hmm. with the species or something. You know, where just for whatever reason, um, a particular type of fish, you know, ends up. You know, dead or whatever. In, in Southern California, San Diego, we'd have a thing called red tide, and and these red herring would. Oh God, turn red tide! Up. I don't miss that from Florida. I okay. can tell you. So you know what I mean. I mean, yes. well, red tide is getting worse though, and it has yeah. to do with uh, well, poop the being sh- uh, human poop being pumped into the water. Ugh. Sorry, that's what the the algae's <laughs> growing off of. <laughs> can you explain what red tide is for people that don't know? Red tide is a uh, is an algae bloom. It's a type of algae that uh, sucks the oxygen out of the water, and the fish die as a result. And it smells awful, and it, the, and it blows into inland as well, and it's it's just horrid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't even. But know it's, where but it's something that. that happens seasonally, or what you know, from time to time, or whatever. It's true, yeah. So it's not as though it's never happened. It's just interesting that it's happening over Arkansas and within that that area. But they're not saying this is red tide. They're, they're, no, it's just no, things no. are dying. Correct. Like the the water isn't stinky necessarily, except for the dead fish. No, but there was some speculation. There was the claim that, well, you know, uh, uh, fish kills, meaning a, a large quantity of fish occur from time to time. Wait a minute, is the is it the dead fish that makes the red tide stink, or out al- the algae, or both? I think that the, I think the algae makes uh, your eyes burn, and it's an irritant, but the the fish stink. What are your insights, your suggestions? Some people believe the government did it. I don't know about that. But maybe. Who knows? Chemtrails. Oh, please. Please. (laughs) Why? Why did you have to? Why? Michelle, I swear, I used to like you until you just did that to us. All right. More coming up. Uh, Maybe no one will call about that. It's free talk. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Oh, and Michelle, I neglected to mention this. Michelle is our newest, one of two, one of our two newest Shriners at the Shrine of Female Listeners. Yes, you put my picture up. I did. Yep, that's right. Uh, you can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can see Michelle there uh, with Naomi as well. So the two of you actually happen Not to together. Sing. I mean, you put up two pictures. <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad thing if no, they were together. I, but it's, uh, it's only inaccurate. Right, right. right. Uh, but they did send their pictures in separately. Uh, not that you have anything against Naomi. You guys get along pretty well. I'm, from what I can I'm tell. talking to her on the phone right now. Yeah. Well, oh, not, not really. Right I'm totally doing the radio station, radio show, and nothing right, else. Right. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, and so you can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can see Michelle and uh, and Naomi as well, and the other dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send in their photo or uh, video. And it's got to be validated, which means that you have to show in the picture somehow. By whatever creative means you like, the uh, you know standard way is to hold up a piece of paper with you know Free Talk Live written on it. That's pretty. I standard. painted a wall. You did. You had FTL painted in the background on the wall in which uh, in front of which you were standing. Yes. And uh, it was great. Which I don't think anyone has done paint yet. So I believe that you were original on that one. I was going to paint my body, and there were a couple of us gals who were going to do a thing like the uh, the Rolling Stone layoff of a layout of the Dixie Chicks that you know they did the cover a few with the different words on the, yes, all over their exactly. body. Yes, exactly. So it warm we were in g- here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we do you need gonna... a break, Mark? I, I, did, I just need a <laughs> fan or something. Here, let me blow on you. <laughs> oh dear, it's getting warmer. <laughs> Let's blow on you. No, okay, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So yeah, we so didn't we didn't end up yeah. doing that. We you know I, I chickened out and yeah, it's got to be a pain to wipe all the you know the, those words off. You know, you get, get in. You know, Maybe we'll do it in yourself. the summer when we can go jump in the water at the beach because we have a beach here in Keene, New Hampshire. As Ian said to me once, and I said, "Oh no, we don't." He said, "Oh yes, we do," and he showed me. I've heard there's more than one beach around here. Well, I'm willing yeah. to concede that there is, in fact, one, and you schooled yeah. me on that, Ian, and I stand corrected. All right. So you can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. If you are a lady listener, there are details on how you can become part of the, uh, the shrine uh, right there at the top of the page. And if you're not a lady listener, then just go on over and see what it's all about. Uh, shrine.freetalklive.com. So here's a bizarre story from The Smoking Gun. Arrested this week for allegedly masturbating while seated next to a teenage girl on an airplane flight, the 50-year-old suspect told police he was actually massaging and itching himself because he had spilled Tabasco sauce on his penis. Okay. I would just like to know how this happens in an airplane situation. How how do you... did he's he spill- drinking a Bloody Mary. Okay. I, I'm going to, you know, he was drinking a Bloody Mary and and got a little, he's a handy guy. So he has those little bottles of Tabasco, I imagine. And he forgot to zip up his fly when he went to the loo, came back hmm. and, and spilled it on his 
junk. That is a possibility. He could ha- have had it on his fingers and then for whatever reason touched <laughs> scratched himself. Junk. And yeah, that's a possibility. Then, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Well, let's too. let's give you more detail here from again the smokinggun.com. Escamilla is uh, Escamilla's unique explanation for his alleged indecent exposure is contained in police reports detailing the December 26th incident on a SkyWest Airlines flight from Salt Lake City to Lewiston, Idaho. He's a Florida resident who was visiting his family. The girl, a high school cheerleader who just turned 17, told cops that she was seated directly next to Escamilla and had chatted briefly with him at the trip's outset. Mid-flight, as she looked at prom dresses in Seventeen magazine, the teenager spotted something moving, quote, out of the corner of my eye, unquote. In a handwritten statement, the girl recalled, I looked over and I could clearly see the man's penis going side to side under the tray table that was down. Escamilla, she added, had one hand on his laptop, which was atop the tray table, and the other under the tray table. After waiting two to three minutes, the girl, who was traveling alone on the flight, got up to go to the bathroom. When she emerged, the teen sat next to a woman seated at the back of the plane and told the woman that the guy that she was sitting with creeped her out. Upon arrival at the regional airport in Idaho, the girl, upset and crying, told her father about what had transpired on the flight. He contacted a TSA supervisor who in turn summoned the Lewiston Police Department officers. When confronted by the cops, Escamilla denied exposing himself. He says, I wasn't out. I wasn't hanging out, he claimed, as reported by the officer. Escamilla explained to me that he had spilled Tabasco sauce or something similar on his penis and had an incredible itch. He was rubbing his groin, he explained, because it was the worst itch in the world. Should have been a sting. He's... (laughs) <laughs> well, he, may not have, he doesn't sound like he, uh, you know, his last name might indicate that he doesn't have the best uh, command of the language. Okay. Escamilla said he tried to be discreet by covering himself with his laptop, but the girl must have suspected something. <laughs> During further questioning, Escamilla changed his Tabasco story, claiming that it might be from his breakfast that morning, as he did have Tabasco sauce with his eggs. Asked why he didn't just go to the bathroom to take care of his problem, he told the cop that he didn't feel that it would help. Reese noted that Escamilla used the words rub and massage to describe how he addressed the incredible itch. The cop reported that while I was speaking with him, he never showed any obvious signs that he had an itch in this particular part of his body. Presumably it would have been the same day, and if he had spilled Tabasco that morning, then... Wouldn't he still be itching if it if it if he were itching hours later on a flight? Then wouldn't he still be itching later on anyway? It's a very very bizarre story. What do you think the the real story? Maybe is Maybe he Michelle? visited I mean, the a- Mile High Club, and he, someone <laughs> else had been drinking a Bloody Mary. I suppose that's a possibility. I it, so do you believe this guy or not, Ian? I don't believe him. No. Okay. No. Quite frankly, unless he was. I don't I don't care one way or the other unless he was doing something that was, um, you know, harmful to another person. Now, if this girl is sitting next to him on a plane, I do believe that it is within her right to not have to be subject to someone that is whacking off next to her in the seat. Um, right. You know, I agree with that. It's um, not clear whether he actually had his his penis exposed. Well, that's, well, that's the thing. What I it's heard. like she, now so she went and tattled later and then they confronted him. Why not at the time say to well, the flight attendant, "Whoa, a teenage girl." I mean, they may not have the same I mean, well, what were I you have, like when I, you were 17? <laughs> please. I but I have a teenage daughter and yeah. she'd look right at him, stand up and be like, "Excuse Are me? Are you kidding me?" <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, not everybody's going to handle that in the same way. And so maybe she's not as assertive as, uh, as you or your daughter might be in this, that situation. So she figured well, she'd just Well, you better learn escape. to be then. I well, mean, I agree with so, you. So instead, he, she went and tattled. And is this man... So now, so now he's left with his photo on a picture of him on websites and being accused... And this story being attached to him. Sure. Without, right. without actually any sort of guilty finding, he's been charged yes. with a misdemeanor count of indecent exposure. His uh, hearing is set for January 18th. So he's been taken to jail. Can you imagine defending yourself? No, I was not fondling myself on the plane. Yeah, well, how do you yeah, how do you defend against a statement like that? Yes. I don't know what happened. Um, you know, I I think that there certainly is in the world some guy who will uh, you know, whip it out next to a cheerleader on a uh, you know, a domestic airline flight. Certainly, I believe that that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do I think that this is the guy? I I how could I possibly say, but I'm I'm dubious of his story. Just yeah, because of that. It sounds like a, a bunch of nonsense uh, to me, but I, I, you know, at the same time, uh, how, how much adjusting is appropriate? Because guys do adjusting sometimes. I mean, this is something you don't really have to deal with, uh, Michelle, I, I don't imagine. We're just more discreet. Um, are you? Yeah. Oh, you're right. She's adjusting her top. That's, uh, that's a good point. Uh, but uh, guys have to adjust occasionally in the, uh, the crotchal area from time to time. And, uh, you know, th- there's... Usually you don't have to do too much, but what what is considered offensive? I mean, how much how much touching is playing with it, right? I guess that's that's the question. I think it's a little creepy when you're having a conversation with the man and he's looking right at you and he's just like <laughs> digging around in there. And it's like, okay, are you oblivious to what you're doing? Because you can actually you can kind of be discreet and kind of turn to the side and you know do your business or whatever. Unless you play baseball. What. <laughs> I mean, baseball players are the baseball players are oh, self-adjusting. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they've gotcha. got a cup oh. that they've got to worry about too, or whatever. Yeah, I th- I so I think there's a, there's a line between uh, adjusting and then rubbing and like constantly going at it with oneself. Like there's a certain line that is crossed, and I think it's a short, short, fairly short period. I think of time. the Tabasco sauce, however, is a, is an interesting. Um, it's know, an excuse, an quite excuse, excuse that he came up with. Sometimes I have indigestion, but I don't burp in someone's face. Especially the idea that he would have done it earlier in the morning. Like, I had Tabasco sauce with my eggs, and now I need to itch my, my crotch? What? Yeah. <laughs> Pat your head? I mean, your I tummy? like Tabasco sauce as much as the next guy. In fact, I like hot sauce quite a bit, but I've never had a problem with it reaching my penis. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're out of Maybe time for tonight. Maybe you're not doing it right. Maybe. Maybe it's a lot of fun. I, I don't oh know. Oh, my God. Anyway, we'll see you uh, tomorrow oh, night online night. in the meantime. <laughs> at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, it's it's another edition of the Edgington Post. And today I have with me... Edward Stringham. Um, Edward, you are a professor at um, the school. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, School of Business and Economics um, at what college? At Fayetteville State University. Fayetteville State University. Excellent. Now, um, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, trying to get you on the line so that we could talk about your credentials. I really want to talk about a book you've written recently. <laughs> and uh, the name of the book is. I am the editor of two books. The most recent one is Anarchy and the Law, The Political Economy of Choice. Okay. Um, the one I wanted to talk about was Evidence from Upland Southeast Asia. Oh, yeah. Then, then, then I've written 
Uh, three dozen articles. Okay. Uh, so the one you're referring to there is an article that I have forthcoming in the Review of Austrian Economics. Okay, uh, I thought it was a book, uh, but I'm, 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 so I'm mistaken, all right? No, no, there, it's, it's about this book called The Art of Not Being Governed. Okay. And that is by James C. Scott. And what it does is provide a, 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 what he calls an anarchist history of upland Southeast Asia. So my co-author and I, Caleb Miles, go through some of the discussion in that book and talk about some of the political and economic implications from a libertarian point of view. James C. Scott is not a libertarian. He's not an advocate of markets. Um, he's an anthropologist, uh, but nevertheless, he uh, his history is quite relevant, I think, for for libertarians to to learn from. So that's what my article is is discussing: uh, evidence and things that we can learn from uh, this history in Asia. So, um, like you know, people are always. I mean, it seems to be one of the first critiques that uh, that somebody will uh, spit out of their mouth when they talk about liberty is, well, where has this ever happened before? Uh, what about Somalia? Um, Somalia is quick in, in, in coming, and you know, there are a few sort of dubious examples that one can use. Um, you know, they, there's Iceland, which. You know, have, some people will call, uh, you know, somewhat anarchistic, although, you know, yeah, there's certainly some examples as, as to it not being at the same time. And mm-hmm. the, the the old West, um, are, is Upland Southeast Asia a better example in these cases? Well, what James C. Scott argues, which is quite a, an amazing claim, and I think he's right, he says that that if you look at the vast history of humanity – it's only a, a recent period of time that we have had the modern nation state. Right. Uh, so he actually argues that that the vast majority of human existence has been in various forms of statelessness, and in uh, Asia specifically, he documents how uh, the state has tried to come about at various times for the past few hundred years in, in various regions, and he talks about ways in which people actually uh, prevent the state. So it's not a uh, modern uh, capitalistic society per se, Mm -hmm. to say, look, this is what anarcho-capitalism would look like. Uh, But on the other hand, uh, I think he makes a very convincing case that there have been people living free of states for thousands of years, and, and that's, I think, the starting point that we should start thinking about. So are we talking about, uh, you know, people with, I, I would assume, some sort of polycentric uh, kind of uh, agreements among them, themselves? Surely they have some kind of, uh, you know, arbitration going on, things like that, right? Right, that's right. In our article, we actually document uh, some of the ways in which they solve disputes independent of the government. And the amazing thing that I found reading the, this history, this History, by the way, is not highlighted in the James C. Scott book, so we we did track down some other uh, research from anthropologists uh, from the 1800s and and on documenting uh, the legal legal practices of the people in upland Southeast Asia. And one of the remarkable things I thought is that you see a lot of similarities 
in the way they solve disputes independent of government compared to the history ones read elsewhere, uh, whether that's uh, in Papua New Guinea, uh, some of the research of Bruce Benson documents that, or in Iceland for that matter. Uh, certainly there's major differences between these areas, uh, but there are quite, quite a lot of similarities. Interesting. Now, um, the I, I I don't know what uh, what upland Southeast Asia really refers to. Can you give some country names so that people have some idea? Yeah, of, it's, you know? it's basically um, in in modern times, people actually refer to it as as the Zoma, Zoma or Zomia people, um, and it's it's basically describing this large region uh, where people are in the mountains surrounding various countries uh, such as Vietnam or, or any of these countries in Southeast Asia. Uh, so it's not really a, um, uh, an actual country, um, but it's just referred to a group of people who are, who are living in, uh, in these regions. And, 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 and in terms of geography, we're, we're talking about like large, large land masses. Uh, so, you know, like the size of, you know, huge countries, basically. So now, um, how it, it define, I guess, uh, explain to me how it is they are living without the state. What part of the state isn't, um, you know, doesn't exist? And do they use, I mean, obviously they're using force. Uh, you know, I mean, I can't imagine human history that doesn't exist without some use of force. Um, you know, like how, how is it used? It's, it's just not sanctioned by law. I mean, explain it to me, please. They, they, uh, the history shows uh, that people took various steps to avoid the government. Uh, and that included everything through their cultural and ideological uh, practices, uh, religious practices uh, even, uh, to basically say, this is the way we are. We do not want to be governed by a, uh, an external uh, force. So, uh, for example, uh, some of these some of these people would have these myths. They would describe these stories about uh, a god who started becoming, wanting to become, I don't know if it was a god, but some religious figure trying to, to become too powerful, mm -hmm. and basically they killed him. So these are the types of stories that, that they had in their culture, and they would tell it uh, when people started to try and amass political power. Uh, so there was these they would basically have these ideological, uh, cultural, or religious constraints against people uh, amassing power. That's one of the things, one of the mechanisms that they use to avoid or prevent the state from taking them over. Another interesting thing that they did was they would, they would practice uh, Swidden, what was called Swidden agriculture, specifically to avoid... Uh, the state. So if you have, for example, a rice paddy, it's very clear where that is. A state can see that. They can, they can survey it. They can tax it. Mm -hmm. But if you can grow agriculture in a way that's very easily, e very difficult to detect and to tax, the government has a uh, much more difficult time uh, even coming into existence. So for example, uh, potatoes or, or sweet potatoes, any, any of these crops that one would grow under the ground, 
you can do as a way of uh, avoiding taxation and avoiding the state. Hmm. So um, now when they I guess you know, what you're referring to is the state at this point is a, a larger government. Does that mean that they have sort of tribal leadership um, inside of small groups, uh, patriarchal? Um, no, I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't call it uh, any type of local government. I mean, it's not always 100 percent clear whether the society is 100 percent voluntary uh, in the way that you and I might like. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to be. I, I would say it seems. It would seem inaccurate for someone to say that it's just local governments. They've just got small, coercive, tribal governments. It seems to be a lot of fluidity uh, involved, where people could uh, you know, leave their their specific group and and choose somebody else. Um, so so yeah, I would say it's a, it's an example of absence of a large state, uh, and whether we want to call it approximating libertarian ideals, that's that's more of a difficult question. Sure. Now, um, so the whatever country these folks uh, are in, and it may, you made it sound as though it spans several countries, um, you know, at yeah. least regions in several countries, and I imagine that's kind of like the Lakota Nation being in, involved in, you know, five different um, U.S. states. So, I mean, it just kind of, you know, just over that area. Are they kind of left alone by those countries in the same way the Pashtuns are generally left alone by uh, Afghan, the, you know, what existed of Afghan government throughout the history and, and uh, Pakistan? Are they just kind of left, left to their own devices or what? Yeah, so um, throughout history, they had a much easier time. Of, I would say back in history, they had a much easier time avoiding the states, specifically sure. when uh, transportation was, was more difficult. They would climb higher and higher up in the mountains of, uh, you know, wherever it was, Vietnam or Laos or Burma. And um, it would be very difficult for a state to, to uh, control those people, to, to get them under their jurisdiction. Now, Scott is ultimately pessimistic in the end. He says that as uh, transportation has improved for the state, that is enabling them to uh, take over these people uh, and bring them to more and more within their jurisdiction than, than they would have in the past. Uh, so ultimately, Scott, Scott is a pessimist uh, in some ultimate sense that that we did have a stateless society for thousands of years. He's not sure whether it will be able to uh, persist in the modern modern world. Uh, but you can see examples, I'm sure, uh, in other parts of the globe, such as Guatemala, of people who are just kind of living off on their own uh, living relatively free and independent of, of the nation. Yeah, the nations really um, don't care, don't don't seem to care about inv- indigenous folks living free. They care mostly about uh, people li- trying to live free and getting wealthy at the same time. Uh, you know, they, they that's what their biggest concerns seem to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess parasites would be attracted to uh, larger, larger, uh, you know, things they could eat off. Sure. Uh, so that's, that's, that's certainly true. Um, but one of the things that they they do uh, that that they did do in in the Zoma uh, re- people was was they would keep their wealth in ways in which it was 
difficult for it to be commandeered. So if you have one farm, it's very easy for someone to come along and say, I'm going to take all of this right now. Uh, Instead, with their Swidden agriculture, they would actually have different little strips hidden throughout uh, where they knew where they were. But it was it was a lot more difficult. It wouldn't be that easy for the government to say, "Okay, good. I'm going to come in, and now I know where where everything uh, is." Uh, and Scott describes this also happening in in Ireland as well. Actually, he, he describes uh, one of the major attractive features of of the potato in Ireland is the fact that that it could be uh, planted with without much knowledge uh, by the government. Well, you know, it, it sounds like an, an interesting article, and, and you're saying it has not yet been published. Is that right? That's right. This article is uh, forthcoming in the Review of Austrian Economics. There's going to be a symposium uh, based on the research of James Scott. Um, my specific article is called Repelling States. There's also an article by Benjamin Powell, and there'll be some other articles as well forthcoming in the Review of Austrian Economics. Excellent. So, how would people go about finding out about uh, um, you know you know finding these articles? What you've written, Ben Powell. My uh, my, my article is available online. Okay. So search for my name, Stringham, S T R I N G H A M. Edward Stringham. Yep. And then type in S S R N Social Science Research Network, and you'll be able to download this and all of my other articles for free. Okay, and what? And you said you had a couple of books out. Uh, are these uh, academic books that uh, you know the kind of academic yes, books? Yes, I have. I have one book uh, with Edward Elgar Press that is called Anarchy, State, and Public Choice, and that is a discussion and critique of some of the early public choice scholars' criticisms of anarchy. The next book is called Anarchy and the Law, and that is available with transaction publishers. And that is a 700-page book which reprints 40 of the major articles debating for and against anarchism from a property, private property point of view. Well, very good. You know, uh, if, if I had longer, I'd go into it with you about this, uh, this word anarchism and, and anarcho-capitalist, but I just don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to discuss that another time. Okay. Um, and uh, do you have a website at all of your own that, uh, that people can go to? or uh, you just... The easiest way is to search for Stringham and SSRN, and you'll see the link to, okay. to my website from there. Thanks very much, Edward Stringham. Uh, appreciate it, and uh, this will be attached to tonight's podcast. Thank you. A very wealthy U.S. citizen is predicting that, in 2011, we'll witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives, the way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and your family. Now, this man has made some outrageous predictions over the years, but he's usually right. He predicted the collapse of GM, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and America's biggest mall owner. And recently, he created a video, which you can watch online for free, detailing his biggest and most important prediction yet. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explains everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at endofamerica.com. 
Nineteen.com. Although this video may be offensive to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, it's endofamerica19.com. That's the numeral 19. That's endofamerica, the numeral 19.com.